Internets, we got a special sponsor message today. Cat Williams returns to HBO in an all-new stand-up special, Priceless Afterlife. You may know him from his first HBO solo special, The Pimp Chronicles, as well as from Friday After, Wild and Out, and Def Comedy Jam. And this Saturday, he's back to take the stage in an hour of frenetic stand-up comedy directed by Spike Lee. So make sure to tune in this Saturday at 10 p.m. on HBO to watch Cat Williams, Priceless Afterlife. Hey, yo, internets, you are tuned into the Combat Jack Show, the combatjackshow.com. What's up, Premium What's going P? on, Combat? Man, so much is going on. Like, Everything. this has been a crazy fucking week, man. Shout out to Carl Mega. That was a great episode. Internets, I, I really wish, man, that, that, that you really spent some time with that episode, man. Our last episode and, and, and really listened to that man's words, man. And more importantly, went out and supported him. And cop that Mega Philosophy album, man. Him and, and Large Professor, man. It's, it's very rare to hear a lot of gems out here, man. And, and But the gems are there. Don't sleep on these gems, man. And, and salutes to Cormega, man. That was a great episode. Now, how you doing, Pete? I'm doing great, man. I love that episode, man. I, lo- I love that album, man. Cormega is a philosopher. Yeah. That's why it's Mega, mega Philosophy. Mega Philosophy. But there's a lot going on, man. There's, a lot has changed since last week, man. I, well, I a lot has. more police brutality. Mm-hmm. You know, people questioning the validity of white privilege. Another passing. Another pat. Well, several passings from what I understand, man. And then, oh my God, look look who's in the fucking what? studio. Who? Fuck y'all niggas. Ah, yo, we got <laughs> Dallas Penn in she, the building. She, What's fuck. up, Dallas Penn? Combat Jack. Fuck you. Why you why, why you want to uh, give me with the P, fuck you? Premium P, fuck you too. <laughs> uh, y'all are my mans, but fuck y'all. <laughs> why fuck us, man? No, nah, I mean just because like you know fuck y'all. You know what I mean? Like what? I don't I don't give a fuck. <laughs> fuck every No, okay. I'm just I'm happy to be. <laughs> it's very good to see <laughs> you. Dallas, what's going on? Yo, what's Dallas. On? Um congratulations on Thank your you, wedding. Sir. Thank you, sir. You just came back from a uh, it looked like a fantastic same on 2 weeks. Only only Jay Z, mm. only uh, Jay Z and Beyonce do two weeks mm. in, in the Caribbean. Regular niggas, y'all get seven days. Mm. <laughs> now that y'all get y'all get <laughs> seven days, six nights. How's that feel, man? How's how's how's, how's how this new transition be? Uh, the best shit that happened to me uh, at sunset. We was in the beach, and a manta ray came and swam around us like three times. A manta ray. A manta ray. Uh, don't them shits look scary? It was, at first, I was telling her early in the day, if a shark came, I was going to do karate on the shit. And when the shit comes, you don't do nothing. You so, don't, the, so the manta ray swam around y'all. Swam, of, like, literally just, like, like, circled us. Like, circled us tightly. Didn't let us touch it, but was just, like, like tight, just, like, circling around, like, what the fuck is this? Who the fuck are y'all? This is my time to, you know, you know, this is my beach. <laughs> So I like circled us three times though, like you know, like like circled us, came back, circled us. What'd your lady do, man? She was bugging. She was like, "Yo, that shit is ill." I'm like, "Yo, we we chill for a minute." But then I was like, "You know what? Sun is going down. Maybe something else might come on the beach that <laughs> that says, you know what? I'm a, I'm gonna test these motherfuckers. <laughs> see how much karate this nigga know." So we, <laughs> we got out of the water. But I mean, listen. Flourishments, flourishments. Nah, man, it's good to see you, bro. Good to be seen. Listen, I want to make a a brief announcement, man, to the internet. Yo, man, fuck your boat party. 
We about to be on this yacht this weekend, Internets. Internets, that's why I'm in the building right now with Combat Jack to make sure I get my ticket for this yacht party. Listen, it's called the VS Yacht Party. Hashtag VS Yacht. Mm. And it's a collab. It's basically, it's this party that SOBs is throwing. And they got me, yours truly, Combat Jack, hosting it. They got Low Key from You Heard It New hosting it. They got DJ. Monkey Boy. They got DJ. Yo. They that's, got, my, that's my man. Why you call him Monkey Boy? I just, I, I fucks with Low like that. <laughs> <laughs> Monkey Head. They got DJ Stretch Armstrong Cheer. on the wheels of DJ steel. They Soul. got DJ Soul. They got DJ Young Guru in the building. Yo. And Buckshot. And Smith and Wesson will be there. Really? Yes. Dug down. Internets, come to this yacht party, man. I've never really been on a yacht. I've been on a boat, but I've never been on a yacht. Have you been on a yacht? I've been on yachts. You've been on a yacht? Yes, sir. I've never been on a yacht. I mean, the, the key is, is going to be your, your outfit architecture, your, your whole repertoire. Should I wear some sailor type shit? You should. <laughs> some white and blue? You should be some, some white and navy. Yeah. White and navy. What about khaki kind of linen? Linen khaki kind of? <laughs> uh, that, no, no, no. You want to be a little more pressed. Okay. You want to be a little more pressed. Right. Uh, uh, but definitely some white navy. Like if you had on a motherfucking navy blazer, and nah, I'm not the, wearing no navy. One of them captains has like some Captain Steubing nah, shit. Nah, nah, what's nah, this nah. guy's name? Or, or what was his name uh, on the on love boat? Captain Steubing. Cap- Captain Steubing. That was Captain and, and, Steubing. And, and what was the black guy's name? Remember nah, I'm he used, not, I'm not he used to be serve him. the drinks. Isaac. I'm not, Isaac. Nah. Yes. You 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 don't racist shit right now. No, no, just stop. The black why guy on the boat got to be fucking right. Right. Why why is he got to be the black guy? Why can't he be? Why can't he be the Mexican? Yeah. There wasn't no Mexican, was no Mexican on the love boat. There was dark and stupid. Well, who and, was the Mexican? I don't know, man. Oh, Fantasy I, Island. That yeah, was you're tattoo. You talking about tattoo, man? Right. Fuck you, Pete. Nah, but right. listen, internet, please, man. Please come and party out with us, man. I think Just Blaze might be there. Dallas Penn is gonna be there. Premium Pete is gonna be there. I'm gonna be there. There's a lot, a lot, a lot of internets that are gonna be there. Y'all need to go to TicketWeb.com and look up VS Yacht. VS Yacht. Hashtag VS Yacht. Yo, let's get let's get this party going. You know, um, last week, man, I, I made an announcement about, like, the state of black America. And I was saying that, you know, like, it, it, the, the spirit hit me. And these words have been haunting me these past couple of weeks. So I've really been pushing it out on social media. All we got is us. Mm-hmm. All we got is us. And i just really been moved to push that. But one of our, um, one of my esteemed uh, white colleagues, man, was like, yo, I, I hear what you're doing, man, but... You know, some of us feel a kind of way. Are you being exclusionary? Mm. Are you being hateful towards whites? You right, know what I'm saying? Are right. you saying, what does this, you know, all we got is us. Is Are, are you saying that you're building a wall, you know, with your white com- against your white comrades? Mm-hmm. And my initial reaction was to be like, man, fuck that. Because <laughs> why are you so sensitive? Yeah. Why are you so sensitive? I mean, we, you know, we, uh, nobody really, uh, my impression is nobody really cares when they insult the black community. Right. But I had to reflect and step back and say, you know, you know, part of this part of the reason why this spaceship is afloat, man, is because so so many people support yes. the Combat Jack show. So many people support the Loudspeakers Network. So if I'm saying something that's offensive, I really want to explain this to you, man. You know, um that's not my position, man. You know, you, you gotta look at what's going on right now. It seems like in this in this country, man, every other group is organized. You know, the Chinese are organized. You know, Jewish people are organized. Italians seem organized. The Irish are organized. And they seem like they have so many organizations that are effective and in place in organizing their community and protecting their community and making sure, you know, that no, no poisons go into their community. 
And, you know, black people have been in this country like we were the first ones here with white people. You know what I'm saying? Before all of these other groups. Like we were the first ones here. And it seems like this is 2014 and, and, and our back's against the wall. It's, it's like this is the fourth quarter and we're down by several points. And, and, and we can't wait for anybody to help us. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. President Obama, his hands are tied. He's handling some other types of shit. You know, we can't rely on our black leaders. Like, like, what is what is a black le- what Dallas Penn? What is black leadership in twenty fourteen? I mean, black leadership in twenty fourteen is is Al Sharpton, who in in nineteen seventy four uh, was a snitch uh, put in to undermine black leadership, mm. put in put in the black community to undermine mm. who might be a leader, who might be an organizer, mm. because there was a void in direction with the death of of Martin Luther King, with the death of Malcolm X, right. And as you know, as the Black Panthers arose, as as other uh, groups arose to potentially kind of fill, viable organizations, well, to fill the void in leadership and yes. direction for the Black community, it was important for people like Al Sharpton to be inserted to undermine mm. who those possible leaders could be. Right. So, and, and that, that's what I'm saying. We can't wait for the next Black leadership. No. To 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 really help us mobilize and organize. I mean, and we, you, we are we are. All of us are the next leader. Well, that's what I want to say, man. If you look across the nation, man, police officers are going crazy, man. Like, they're hired by our tax dollars to serve and protect us. But that's not really what's going on. I mean, if you listen to Urban Radio right now, there's so much. We're so underserviced on that platform. There's a lot of poison. There's a lot of negativity that's being played on their shortlist that are hypnotizing our kids. Mm -hmm. I mean, imagine if we invaded somebody else's airwaves with poison how quick we'd be run out of their community. You know what I'm saying? There's I, I know I know one thing. Um, you couldn't stand um, on Northern Boulevard and Bayside and, and move work. Mm. You had to stand on Northern Boulevard and Corona. You, you, had to, you had to be in your own community. You had to, well, I mean, the people from Bayside would come to Corona. Right. Certainly. I mean, you couldn't stand on, on Liberty and um, you couldn't stand in Great Neck, but you could definitely stand in Southside. And, and that's what I'm saying, man. Like, like it's at a point where we can't wait for anybody else to help us. I mean, we are a gifted people. We are in, intuit people. You know what I'm saying? We are black excellence. I'm not excluding anybody else. If y'all want to come to this movement, whatever this movement is, and lend your assistance, you're definitely very welcome. It's, it's called the human race. But we Internet. have to huddle up. And that's what we mean. We cannot wait for anybody. So apologies if, if anybody's offended. That's Listen, man, don't let my anger. Don't Fuck conf- your sensitivity. Don't confuse my anger for hatred. Do not confuse our anger for hatred. It's not about that, man. But we got to move. We got to move, man. We got a special episode today, man. You know, and, and it's, it's very timely. You know, I met this man a couple of weeks ago and, and his story blew me away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and it's very apropos, like I said, with the times. Uh, a brother who lived during that era, mm-hmm. during that 80s era. Deep. The deep era from Queens. Deep. Queens reigned supreme. And and, 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 and and no pun intended, but he ran with the supreme team. Mm-hmm. Really ran with the supreme team. You know, once, you know, th- you know everything goes in cycles. And, and once the force really knocked that movement out of pocket... He joined another team, mm-hmm. the NYPD, mm. rose through the ranks of the NYPD, mm. served 22 years in the NYPD, mm. you know, different regimes, different movements. Black cop, survivor. Black cop, survivor, lived 22 years to that, mm. to, to retire mm-hmm. 
and now is on major platforms speaking out against police brutality and all this fuckery that's going on right now. Internet, I welcome to the Combat Jack Show, Mr. Corey Pegues, a.k.a. Life. What's up, Life? What's yo. going on, Life? What's up, Mr. Pegues? What up, what up, what up, what up? Yo, man, yeah, you, yo, I, I, I still am blown away by your story, man. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like going from the Supreme Team, which is a very intense movement, to the NYPD. But, but hold on for a Pull back a little bit more yeah. and, and, and talk about the, the neighborhood, the area where you came up. Because even before Supreme Team, I want to talk about that neighborhood. I, I grew up in Queens also, Combat. But my Queens is still a little different than this neighborhood filled with folks who came to New York, relocated to New York from the South. Right, right. You know, when New York still had factories, when New York still had industry. Mm-hmm. And it was part of the Great Migration. One of the touch, touching points of the Great Migration. Definitely mm-hmm. the Great Migration. These are those folks right there. But but they are all, they're on top of each other. They're all, when industry leaves New York, they're on top of each other trying to find a way, make a way. Please tell me about Southside. Yeah, Corey, like, w- tell us about your introduction to Queens, man. Yeah, let me let me tell you. First, let me just put this out here really quick because... You said you was amazed, my story, I appreciate all that. And I always get that question, how did you do it? And I always come back to the person and say, well, let me ask you a question. When you was little, you played cops and robbers, right? I said, yeah. I said, you ever played the cop and the robber at the same time? And they go, no. I said, exactly. So once you turn, when you turn the other cheek, that's it. That's why you see cops getting jabbed up, because they want to be cops. Then they want to steal stuff. They hustling backwards. <laughs> they hustling, they hustling want to say cops backwards. first, then right. play robbers. You can't do that. Mm. So when you so, was growing up, was you playing the robbers? I was playing robbers well, okay, all I mean, day. Yeah, That's what it was. Tell us about the Queens that you grew up in, man. The Queens that I grew up in. I grew up in Queens. Like I actually what grew neighborhood? up on the north side. North. Like St. Albans, Queens. Okay. okay. O'Connell Park. OCP. Okay, dig it, dig it. Mark dig Jackson, it. Boo Harvey, Anthony Mason. That right over oh, there. Oh, over oh, oh, all y'all nothing has ended up in, in Andrew Jackson. Yeah, that's why I graduated from shit, June, 8, June 87. Shit. I got kicked out of Newtown High School. Dig it. Yeah. All the way over in Elmhurst, dig yeah, it. Yeah, I was in Elmhurst because I actually had some some morals and values. I wanted to be an engineer. I had to take a test to go to Newtown High School. So initially you wanted to be an engineer? Yes. Okay. Then I called my crew to come. I played on the basketball team. I was nice. We could, we could play after this. I was kind of nice. I played on the basketball. You look like team. you still give. You look like you still give a, a, a few buckets, a couple of jump shots right now. <laughs> so I called my team from O'Connell to come to my game, and they beat everybody up after the game. They robbed everybody in the gym. I'm doing an interview with a reporter. They come in, and everybody's bleeding. It was a mess. So I got kicked out of school. Damn. So, so now, now, which crew is this? This is my crew from the north, from O'Connell okay. Park. Okay. So can you imagine? So now I'm going to school every single day. With a tool every day, cause I had to take two buses and a train to get to school, cause I was I'm going all the way to Newtown. Now, right. now, now, what was it that made it so dangerous? Was it the, just the condition? Cause they beat up all the five percenters. Mm. It was just, it was a mess. I'm going to Elmhurst. They had their little crew, and they knew I was from the other side. Now, these these are black kids. Yeah, black kids. Right, who did, some Spanish, right, blacks, right, right. minorities. But it was like territorial. It was very territorial. Oh, always territorial. Always. What neighborhood so you I from? So I was the dude what that block brought you from? all these. Dudes mm-hmm. over there that robbed everybody and beat everybody up. Right. So it was a problem. Now, 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 how did you, like, we, when you were growing up, and this is an old term, were you a hard rock? Were you a kind of like a thug? Or were you just a, a normal kid who had? Nah, growing up. So my introduction to the streets was, you know, like maybe 13 years old. 
12, 13 years old, you know, I grew up in a family of six, five sisters and me right. on welfare. You know, okay. we had that funny money. I believe the $5 bill was purple. The $1 bill was brown. <laughs> the $10 bill was green. I still remember it to this day. Right. You know, they got these EBT cards now, so right. you're not embarrassed. You yeah, know, yeah. when I was coming up, you get to, this, to the counter, you, you got everything. And you go pull a book out and your man walk in. You go, I don't want none of this shit. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you get low. <laughs> you get low. So, you know, so my mother couldn't. She couldn't she provide. Was single, single, she was single. single. My, my okay. father my father was in the house for a few years, but he was a drunk. My mm. father was a straight alcoholic. You know, I can't give everything up from the book. Of I got course. a plug. I just wrote a book from yes. the streets to the beat. So, But he was a straight alcoholic, but functioning. He went to work every single day at Creedmoor Hospital. Damn. He drove mentally disabled people. But he used all his money on alcohol but the dude got up every day and went to work and he provided what he could right but we was well, whatever, whatever was left whatever was left we out of the bare, bare minimum it was bare minimum right right so you know my introduction to my man from Hollis grabbed me at like 13 me and my man Sean Dude was like yo I need you to get these Lucy's off the ironic thing I think about Eric Garner getting murdered in Staten Island mm. for the record you heard what I said, murdered. I'm a cop with 22 years. Eric Garner was murdered. And right. I want to right. get to that's that. That's what it was, and right. we'll get to that. Yeah. So at 13, I'm selling Lucy's, but you know what the Lucy's was back then. Right. There right. wasn't cigarettes. The Lucy's was the, joints. You know, loose joints. Yeah. Exactly. So that's the introduction to getting into the street, and everything I did was because I had to do it. I, you know, did you think you were sneakers. doing something wrong? I always knew I was doing something wrong. One thing my Why? mother always gave us okay. more was invariance. Took me to church. I went to Sunday school. I did all of that. But she couldn't provide. There was nothing we could do. So, right. you know, you, you're at a point where you got to eat. Mm. So sometimes I sympathize with the kids. You got to eat. You know, everybody tell the kids, stay off the streets. Don't do this. Don't do that. And then you have no alternative for them. But, but you're also in a city where you see other people eating. It, not only that, but other people having. When we you growing up in the late eighties, mid eighties to late eighties, this was it was almost like the thing to do. Right. It you it was wrong. Everybody know it was wrong, but that's what you was doing. Right. As long as it's like smoking weed had, is quote unquote wrong, but right. everybody's doing it. Everybody's, everybody's doing, doing it. But I always had the gift of gab. I was a ladies' man. I know how to navigate through situations. So I was able to maneuver with different crews. Now were you a time. tough guy? I we, we I did my thing. Did you? Were you? Were you? I wasn't the dude that they say, "Yo, that's the hitter right there." Right. So you weren't the shooter, but you wasn't the guy running away from from the opposition. Never ran, never will. <laughs> now, now you 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 mentioned earlier, man, that that you always used to travel strapped all the time. How'd you, how'd you get the strap, man? <laughs> Yo, it was crazy for like three jumps. If I could remember correctly, it was like this fiend wanted some work. He ain't had no money. And it's like, yo, I got this thing. Just give me three jumps. You hey, got hey, that. That's crazy. What but did, that's what, what it was. What did you have? You got a 22. Like, a 22. Dig it, nickel dig plated it. 22. Dig it. Ooh, so shiny. Nickel plated. How old were you when you got the 22? Like 14 and 14. A half, 15. Now, now, tops. now, how much power, what does that do to a 14-year-old walking around with a twin, with a gun? Well, you know what? It wasn't even about the power. Right. It was more about the other P. It was about the protection. Yes. Because we was out there. We was getting it. So when you go from Lucy's and this thing called crack hit, right. it was just, it was a monster. What was your introduction to crack? 
Same, my man from Hollis, same. So we, the Lucy's was going, they was going so quick. You know, it was a hundred, so you getting 20 off Was it good five. weed or was it dirt weed? You, you, you ain't have no water? You ain't, you ain't had no water in none of them? Nah, well, he was packing. You know, I would just get the package. Right. I was getting the package and getting them okay, all. Okay, and getting you them know, all. So, so, you 20, don't, so, 20 so you, you, you never hit none of them then? You don't know nah, if there was water in one, there or not? That's one thing with me. I never really, I never even dealt with the product. Mm. I never dealt with the product because I seen what was going on around me. Mm-hmm. I had family members strung mm-hmm. out on drugs. So you're a smart man. You're one of those I was cats very smart. that don't have to learn from your mistakes because you're watching other people's mistakes. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I had fa- very close family members, alcoholics, strung out on crack, smoked out. So I always knew I didn't want. And the other thing is I got five sisters, four older than me, and none of them graduated from high school. So the thing growing up was like, yo, I got to make my mom proud. I right. got to graduate in high school. Mm-hmm. No matter what I did, I got to do this. Mm-hmm. So I always, I went to school, but the crazy thing, people that know me, I went to school every single day when I was hugging the block. Sometime, 24 hours, I'd go to school. I never took books to school, mm. but I was able to just listen to the teaching. Then on Friday, you know, it was school. Test is on Friday. Thursday, I get to work. I study. Bust the test out on Friday. Rest of the week, I don't carry no books. It was amazing how I made Classic, it smart, dumb nigga shit. <laughs> exactly. Now, 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 now with, your, with, with your little bread, I know you was getting food. Right. Was you like fresh to death? Was you fresh to death? Mm-hmm. You saw the pictures, felines. Mm-hmm. That's for Mason's tennis stores. <laughs> Dudes wasn't, he was Dudes clean. wasn't shopping at Mason's <laughs> tennis store. Eighty pound gold link chains. I got all this. Yo, this I got this like eighty three, eighty four. Wow, bro, this mm-hmm. eighty three, eighty four. Mm. How many carats is that, man? I don't even know, but I'm gonna tell you what. I went to the jewelry store a couple of weeks ago. I got all this. Gold from the 80s dropping in. Lady was like, Do you know you got about like $35,000 worth of jewelry? Mm, that's that's crazy. all. I'll show you the picture. That's you crazy. Put it up on the site. So, so you're selling Lucy's and then you start selling crack. What's the difference? What do you see the difference? And, and, the, and it was just great when the crack hit. You know what was crazy? What, what about year? It? And what year, around what year is this? 85. 85. When crack hit. It just like it tore, it splintered the name. The yeah. baddest chicks in the block, the baddest bitches, was like they just got strung out. Yeah, and they was doing whatever. Yeah, it was crazy. You would have people come up to you like, "Yo, let me hit your man. Let me hit your man for one of them things." And you'd be like, "And these precious. are the same chicks like a couple of years ago." You couldn't even like, say hi to. Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> like precious, what happened? Did that to scare you? you though, man? I was just getting that money. You right. know, you was in that money zone, so mm-hmm. it didn't matter. But I just had, I had the rule, I wouldn't sell to no family or close friends. Mm-hmm. Right? It wasn't mm-hmm. even an option to me because remember, I had family members that was doing that. I, I gotta tell you, I always appreciate um, the, the thug cat that still has a, a level of morals, a level of standard to the shit. Were you not stupid ruthless? Were you not, you're not gonna throw your, your family under the bus? I used to steal cars. From Shea Stadium, mm-hmm. but if niggas had a baby seat in the shit, right? I wouldn't take that. Exactly. If niggas had a Keith Sweat tape, I wouldn't take that. <laughs> if niggas had a Steely Dan tape, <laughs> that shit was gone. Take that shit was gone. <laughs> well, you gotta understand. I remember coming home one day with this big rope chain, eighty penny weight diamond medallion with my name in diamonds, and my mother crying, saying, "Son, my son is gonna get murdered." Mm. My sister was like, "Ooh, look at Booby." My family called me Boo. She said, "Ooh, look what he got." But you know what? My mother was crying, and I was like, Mom, I'm good. I got you. Right. But you know what the crazy thing is? I was always hitting my mom's off. Here, you need three, four, five hundred. Because she ain't have it. Right. Mm-hmm. I know. So she knew. 
Back then, they, it was impossible not to know. Yeah, right. I, I got right. 75 pairs of sneakers in you the room. You're 15 years old. How the <laughs> fuck you got that? Now, now did you know at yeah. the time, did you, in your young mind, were you following the trail? Were you like, where's this crack coming from? Nah. You weren't I asking was, any questions. I just was getting that. So what happened was, so now I'm on the north side. I was doing all that on the north side. Then my man, I come up with without saying any names. You saw him in the picture. You know, we grew up. He yeah. from the north side. Yeah. We ran the south. That was one of Supreme's top lieutenants. Of course. Mm. And um, you know, I, I'm reading the book Queens Reign Supreme, right. and he's all this this individual that you don't want to name is <laughs> right. all in the book. He's so, all in so it. he comes and he he says to you, and that's my man because okay. he's from my side, right? And he knew what I was doing, right? So he knew I was smooth, like yo, you need to come over with me. So come over with him. Now, did you know about the Supreme team? Of course. Okay. You're crazy. They reign supreme. Right. Everybody knew about them. You wouldn't even speak their name mm. for fear of retribution. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, you wouldn't even say their name if mm. you wasn't winning. Right, right. Because it was crazy. Now, I remember Prem, like, 13, 14 years old. He was bossing. Mm. <laughs> but but at the time, correct me if I'm wrong, at the time that, that, that you was introduced to the Supreme team, was it Fat Cat's? Rain, no. whose who's reign was it? It was Prem. It was Prem. Prem had his, he already had Basie locked down. Mm-hmm. Southside 118, when that all that. That was him. And so I go over him now. I'm on the north side, middle class neighborhood, houses, right. you know. Separate, look, separated separate, houses. Separate colonials, mm-hmm. the whole nine. <laughs> Garages and yards. Right. right. And now I go to some over there now we on 118 in Sufton, all connected housing. Yo, they got lines of people buying crack. Lines, <laughs> like it's crazy in the broad daylight. Just sitting on the line, we had houses on the block, crazy houses on the block, couple of houses, like people like, going like, in, like like work houses, work houses, yeah, stash houses. We had condos. It was just crazy. Now, did, was there like did, was so? There, now they had a they had a they had a twenty four hour shift, right? So you go now. I'm gonna come on the other side. We just in the streets, just getting it. However, and, and you realize what you was doing on the other side was really just some hobby shit. It was hobby. Because mm-hmm. over there, it was graduating to the career. You, you went to the factory of the shit. Oh, it was factory. It's like, yo, you working for the 12. Right. Mm-hmm. For the 12. That's what you work. You're punching in. But yeah. the crazy thing is, that schedule that they was doing was parallel to the police schedule. Four in the afternoon to 12 in the Yeah, in- so the police schedule was 7 to 3, right. 4 to 12, okay. midnight to 8. Okay. It's the, and they just adopted the exact same schedule. That's crazy. Now, is there was there an initiation process? Did you have nah. to get checked out? Well, or was it just... You, he was already vetted. was it just homeboys? Like, he was like, already remember, vetted. That was, that was my man. Right. And growing up, and he, co- and, he, and, he, and he co-signed you. And he was the major boss. Right. He was one of the top lieutenants. Right. So it was like, yo, I'm bringing you in, and that's what it is. Go out here. But once I got out there, I was doing it. Right. So it wasn't even no vet. They saw, like, yo, Shorty's crazy. He's he, like, y'all remember my man, God bless the dead, Iron Horse, got murdered. One of the first days I was out there, he was one of the top lieutenants. And I'm just out there, hit, and I hit one of his people off. And he like, yo, who's this dude? He's like, yo, you can't do that. He said, yo, you know what? I like you. I respect you, man, because you don't even know who I am. Mm. And like, he's a big, he's a big dude. But now, I'm just like, yo, I'm just like, this is what they now, told me to now, do. Now, I got to get these sneakers tomorrow. Now, <laughs> now I, I've never been on the block in my life. Right. Is selling drugs easy or do you still have to be very good at it? No, you got to be very good. And, 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 and what made you good at it? Because I was able to read people. I, mm. I just knew that, you know. I mean, when we talk about my other career, my later career, I can remember being a cop with like maybe two years on, and I met this dude, a cop, and he goes, yo, I know you. 
He says, I know you. And I'm looking at him. I immediately knew who he was. Right. See, you got the difference between mm-hmm. like being a cop and just a regular dude with a job. Like when you're in the streets, you got to worry every day. You got to worry about your man killing you. Right. Dudes coming from across town killing you. Your girl setting you up. You got to be on your game. Right. So I knew who he was immediately. He tried to buy from me one day. Mm. He, cop like yeah eight years he was an undercover uh, oh, so I, he's saying i know you right, I, right, right. as soon as he said that i peeped him right. i already knew and he came up to me like yo yo scratching yo dude, give me one i was like so, man get the fuck out of so here so let me ask you something man like you got to read all these people what do you what what are the signs you're looking for man it, well when you're talking about with cops the signs is glaring right. they just try too hard they pushing too hard they pushing hard well, how, well, okay so a fiend a fiend wants his hit right now. Is I can't even imagine somebody pushing harder than a fiend. How is a cop pushing harder than a fiend to because get that product? They, they ain't it's the physical, right way. It's the physical makeup. Right. You okay. got the fiend, they lips, they lips gonna be ashy, their mouth is moving, they scratching, they you know, like the cops is gonna be disheveled. But they look good. They're acting. The fiends in the struggle. Right. So, so fiends the, fiends are, the fiends are fiends. They're fiends. And the cops are acting. They're acting. But right. you got to be able to navigate through that. Right. Now, now the, the perils of the street, you, you also said that you got to watch out for your boys. Why are you watching out for your boys? Jealousy and envy. It is from the beginning of time. You always got to keep an eye on your man. Your man always going to take you down. Right. And, and that's what, your thought process. It always got to be, yo, it's still going to take me out. And what are you watching for? You're watching for everything. Like from your colleagues, like your your, your man, what are you watching for? Like you're watching everything. The handshake? Well, when you want to come up, see, what happens is, like you talk about me getting that nickel plate 22, true story. I had to get it because I was coming up so crazy and I was feeling it. I was feeling it. Like the pressure, dudes looking at me funny. And these my mans. I grew up play little league baseball with y'all. Did anybody Why y'all ever? Like did that? anybody ever test you? Oh yeah. Well, tell, tell us one of those instances. So I, maybe I was like, I must have been like seventeen. Sixteen. My son was born, Corey Junior. So I come back. Sixteen. Seventeen. Sixteen. Seventeen. Wow. Yeah. Chicken Brooklyn. She had a baby. Come home. My man pull out a pistol. Like I got off the. I'm happy. My man. He pulled you, out a you, pistol. You, you sleeping now? Cause you I'm on a, sleeping. You, you 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 off the job. You not even thinking. He pulls out a pistol and and punches me in the face with the pistol. Like yo, get the fuck off the block. So I ain't even strike. I had nothing. I'm just coming from the hospital. Happy go lucky. Happy yep. go lucky. Yep. So I got low. True story. And it's in a book. I can't give everything right. up on a book, but this is good. So. I sat home for two days. Like everybody coming, like yo, let's get this dude. He had just popped a cop, female cop in the chest. Some mm-hmm. y'all could Google it. He popped his name Rodney Barnes. He popped a cop. He already did his time, and um, so he was a real like yo, like he was getting it. So I sat in the house for two days and was like, yo, I'm a murder him. I already put it in my mind. And so my man was like, shit yo, busted? we'll was do it. Shit busted up? Nah, it was a glance and blow, but right. he put, but it's all about the street cred. Right. It was, 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 there people, the, was there people around? People was out there. And they so saw you the get, street cred. So he checked you. So I sat home for two days and I decided, yo, I'm going to murder this dude. Steaming. I'm not you telling steaming. nobody. Right. So dudes was coming. We had handled that. I had to hit team like, nah, nah. Because you got to handle your business. Right. Mm-hmm. 
You know what I'm saying? So I went to the block on the day. The next, like, two days later, I kissed my mom's baby mother, called her, called my girl, everybody else. Did they say, why you late? acting all? <laughs> they didn't, nah, nobody didn't know nothing. I just was there. Because uh, you got to be an actor when right. you're You, you got to be an actor. Right. To everybody. You know what I'm saying? You was, you was on some crazy Ray Liotta shit right oh, now. Oh, yeah. I was crazy. So, so I go down. Steven Soderbergh should have so found I put you on red. I put on a red jacket. I got my nickel-plated 25 in my pocket. I go down right to the block, 198 Murdoch. Pull the pistol out in his chest and I pull the trigger right in his chest. Bang. Don't go off. Uh. Bang. <laughs> it don't go off. He pulls out on me. Was so, he, what does he pull out? He pulls out his dirty oh. So I get low. <laughs> As fate will have it, my man AJ's coming around the corner. He sees him chasing me and he's popping at me, but I'm sagging. And my man had an Uzi. I let him up and we just got low. Right. This is just crazy. It's just, but that's just the streets. And, and, and uh, let me say something this else. Is true what story. was ill? How cats back then, if cats had gone to gun ranges back then, there would have been even more murders. There would have been a lot more. <laughs> because cats was, was definitely popping. Yeah. But And bullets be ricocheting. And, and All over. Crazy. And you would hear that joint go past you too? <laughs> All the time. So, so, so you survived that. Survived. You survived that. But you know what? My street cred went up like a thousand just because I did that in his chest. It was like, yo, how dare you do that to him? <laughs> he shoot cops. Right. It's like, yo, Tomati trying to take me out. So, so did you change your gun or what, man? What, what you, did yeah, you, did well, you, you know, up? it was jammed. But I was young. You know what I'm saying? I never put it in the chamber. Right. Remember, I got it from the fiend. Mm -hmm. I just was like, "Yo, I so got a burner." So the so so the, so I the, know what I was doing. So I the mer the, the merit the, the the moral of the story is: don't trust a fiend's gun. Nah, boy, the fiend <laughs> had it was right. I right. never put it in the chamber. I didn't even know what I had. Uh. I just got it, but you got to put it in the chamber. Right, 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 right. Then my man told me because I'm like, "Yo, this shit yo. don't work," and he cocked it like, "Yo, you got to drop one in there." How did that change you, man? It that, didn't change me. I just was even more deeper. Right. Because my cred was like crazy then. Because mm. I like tried to take this boss boss out. Right. Mm. So you was really a heartless dude, man. Nah, I was. I remember, he, I was he, he reactive. Said, he said, I was reactive. Let him talk. Let him I was talk. reactive. Right. I wasn't the dude running up on you, yo, give me all that. Because I was already getting it. Mm. So I didn't have to do that. But I had a team that did that. Right. You know, did, once in a while we dabbled in stuff like that. Did you have to go to war with anybody else? Ah, uh, not really, because my team was so strong. So your team was your hitters? Yeah. Your team was your shooters? It was, I had a crazy team. Right. Now, you say you knew Preem from, from, from when y'all was younger. Right. Did you get to know him while you was... Not really, because, like, once I went over there, he was doing a bit. Right, right, But right. the crazy... And, and, and Cat was doing a bit also. Right. And 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 uh, Prince was doing a bit. No, Prince was Prince was oh, so running. Prince was running. It so at the I time, would go which with was him. a more which was a more ruthless regime. Oh man, than than the fat cats. It's crazy. And Preems. Because so I would go, me, I would go with him every day to Vim on Jamaica Avenue, buy sneakers every day, and he was just he was a monster. Mm. <laughs> it was crazy. You know, I, I, like I said, I'm reading um, Queens Reign Supreme, mm -hmm. and in the book they're saying that you know. Cat was definitely a businessman, and Preem was definitely a businessman, and 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 Prince was Fat Cat's nephew. Preem's Preem's nephew. Mm -hmm. He was like, "Yo, I want to prove to these cats that I'm not no punk." Like, so he was like ruling it with an iron hand. It was so you was, was on the streets when it was really like because that was during that regime. Yeah. 
that yeah. th- that the cop Edward 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 Byrne was killed. Right, right after, yeah, right after I got out. Okay, so you didn't you didn't even. But my man Dave McClurry was one of the people that killed him. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but, but even like prior, right prior, to, like I was deep into that. I was getting like, remember, like when my son was born, I said, "Yo, what kind of hero I'm gonna be? I'm gonna be a street legend or somebody positive." Right. That was that was the change of my life. Like mm-hmm. I want to see if you're 25 and you're selling drugs, you're even gonna be dead or in jail. Right. Mm-hmm. This the statistics show. Right. The cops know everything. You're gonna eventually get popped. So, you, see, and, so you knew that team, as a they, young... was, they was paying the cops. So uh, I remember one time getting caught with a package, maybe like two, three hundred vials, and the cops right handed, and they go, "Yo, tell your boss we did my favor." Damn, mm-hmm. I didn't even know. I'm, I'll still be in jail right now. So you mm-hmm. never right look... now still be in jail. So you never got knocked. Yeah, one time we got you got knocked. You did yeah. some time. You did nah. Like, you just a little little short little stay. pressure. Right. Little Booker. pressure. He didn't. Right, he ain't come back. It was an assault case. A little pressure on. Him. He ain't come back. So, so you're court. on the streets. You just had a son, mm-hmm. and now you're the wheels are turning. Then I got a daughter six months later. Six months later, what's the turning point, man? Right, so that really was the turning point. So I was like, but you just can't get up. You and can't run. get out. So it, what happens it, is there was no experience that happened during that time where you saw something so depraved, so heinous. No, well, I seen I seen dudes. I seen dudes chopped up. I seen dudes stabbed. <clears throat> that was just, but that's the game. That's the game. If you win it, you win it. Right. I'm in the pool hall. My man take a dude in the back, pop him up. They carry him out, dump him in the river. That was the game. You Plastic mean, bag or, or, yeah. or carpet? <laughs> and a sheet. Just Basely pom-poms? Right. Whoa! You know the bodies was, <laughs> bodies was popping and rolling it's up. Daily. <laughs> yo, 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 Corey, what's the, what's the craziest shit mm. in, in that life? That you saw, like that, that you can share with us. Well, uh, I mean, without saying no names, my man got murdered, like right in front of me. How? And was, they shot him up, you know, in front of all of us, and right. he was begging, begging for his life, like, "Yo, help me!" It was nothing nobody could do. Because you had to play your position. You got to play your position. Why? Why did they go at him? Money. Money. It was, and it could be short. Right. Mm-hmm. I had a little problem with twenty dollars. Mm-hmm. So these, these cats mm-hmm. were that professional. Oh, it was that professional slash unprofessional that if you were short twenty dollars, it was a problem. Why were you short, man? Because I, my man, I was watching my worker. I let the dude go get a hero at like four in the morning on Sufton Boulevard, <laughs> and he come back, and the fiend come, and he already had some work with him. So the fiend come, I'm like, yo, get that right there. And he's like, I ain't got nothing. I'm like, what you, what you mean you ain't got nothing? Gotta hit the dude, and he was short for like two caps. <laughs> the next day, it's a problem. And, and you talk about turning in like two, three, four, four these, sacks. These cats are making so much cash, <laughs> and they still meticulous over twenty dollars. Yeah. And, and what they say to you? Oh, it was a problem. <laughs> like what they say to you? Like it was a problem. I yeah. had a little tussle with. I had to do a little tussle with a dude over twenty dollars, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, "Yo, I can't even do this no more." See, because for me, I was just really trying to eat. Right. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really, I wasn't trying to get Bentleys. I just was trying to eat. But at make this sure point, you're doing more than eat. eating, though. Oh yeah, well, I was doing more than eating. I mean, you had, like you said, but like twenty some shoes right now. You, you, seventy, seventy, <laughs> easy. Yeah, you had, you had the the goal. So, so you're doing more than eating right yeah. now. Yeah. 
But it's addictive. It's addictive. Mm-hmm. It's addictive. But wasn't the shorts responsible on your side? Like, you know, when you get a bundle from, a, you know, a boss or whatever. Right. Like, you know, like sometimes you get customers, they come with like 18 or, you know, 15 and $2 and quarters. Somebody's always short a dollar or $2. Yeah, but it was no, it's no deals. Like, yo, you got to come straight. You can't get, you can't get nothing. No, no. So Back you, then? You, you like, were doing cause no you know, shorts. Because it was a, yo, it was clockwork. You worked a shift. Five, six days a week. And you were responsible for a certain amount. Right. And the the crazy thing is you couldn't even get a day off. Right. (laughs) Let let, let me say something. You was never short. All right. One time I got blamed for being short, but I wasn't short. But that was part of the intimidation. (laughs) Right. I wasn't short. I was I was on my shit. Yo, DC, like that little 20 hours short. I really wasn't short. I just didn't even want to give the 20 up. So I'm (laughs) like, yo, yo, son did this. He's short, and it was like, no, you short, because you're supposed to be but, watching but, but like like you just said, every day, the factory, then comes the intimidation part. Because, oh, snap, oh, hold on for a second. I can't let you breathe. I can't. Hold on, who you, who you think you are? You you think you can breathe now? <laughs> and this is, these are, I mean, I, I got to tell you something. Why weren't these cats in college mm-hmm. uh, uh, learning to be fucking psychologists, yeah. learning to be fucking master well, motivators? That's why I got, that's why I got a lot of respect. For Boo Boo, y'all know it's Fifty Cent and Jay Z. Because when you're in the streets, you can, and you can navigate that. You talking about waking up every day, not knowing if you're gonna be dead or in jail so every it's, single it's, day. You can navigate. You can run anything. So it's discipline. It's a lot of discipline. It's, it's control of emotions. Yeah. It's fearlessness. Fearless. You you, you, you true basic, businessman. And you're sharp. You gotta be sharp. Psychologist. You on your game. What's the biggest thing you learned from the streets? Like you the, the biggest asset you learned. The biggest asset I learned from the streets was don't trust nobody. Mm. Everybody's mm. a threat. Mm. I don't trust my mother. Everybody's Wait, a threat. Wait, hold up, hold up, hold up. You don't trust your mom? You can't trust nobody. Mm. Everybody's a threat. Did that carry on throughout your life? My man? life. Like you so you still trust you, no you still one. don't trust your moms? Well my mom's is dead. Okay. She died at sixteen uh, when my, I was sixteen. Okay, okay. Mm. But you don't trust no. You can't trust no one because mm. you know, yo, dude, come get your mom fifty thousand and t- tell them where mm-hmm. you at. Hit that yeah. ass up, right? Yeah, you don't trust nobody. Did, Very limited with your information, dude. Did you feel though, man, that <laughs> you know it's crazy? I trust my girl. I shoot boxes and mad money and shoot boxes out of house and hundred girls probably going shopping every day. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, what kind of now what kind of girls is you running with, man? Because you you had two kids. Yeah. But what kind of girls was you running with? I was man? running with anything moving. I, it was crazy taking cabs to City Island. Then they grab. Yeah, you know, and had a cab. She had a way to bring a cab at dinner. So I'm in the City Island for three hours with the cab. Take the cab back. You Seafood. Oh, uh, it was crazy. You didn't buy a car, man. I didn't need one. I, I had my personal <laughs> cab. So, like, we worked. That's what we ran with personal cab. Right. I mean, the print, my boss who I was working with in the pictures, you know, I would drive his brand new BMW with two mm. feet. I didn't even have a license. Mm. He got brand new three twenty five. I I'm driving with two feet, smoking up the block. Mm. Now, but, yo, those cars. We are those cars was there. Now, 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 cats that really don't know New York. Mm-hmm. Or the history in New York is a difference. I mean, number one, the, the streets was really strong. But how was the how was the the police force like? They they weren't as oppressive or as strong as they are now. It seems no, they wasn't. Because you got to remember, see, like right now they're 
their active department before they was reactive. Like in the 80s, if somebody got shot, the cops showed up. Right. Now today, 2014, they're trying to prevent the shooting. Right. It's a different animal. That's right. what made crime go down. Right. We started saying, hey, we got to stop crime. Wait, Stop waiting for crime to happen. Right. Let's stop it before it happens. Right. So it's different. They didn't care. People was getting shot. Bodies was dropping. As long as it wasn't a cop getting shot, they didn't care. Scoop them up. And you, they was getting paid off. On the south side, they was getting paid off. I told you, with the package, and they like, yo, do me a favor, y'all don't know. So I come to my boss, like, yo, you know what happened? He was like, yo, you ain't know? I was like, yo, this shit is deep. I got to get out of here. <laughs> this shit was real deep. So so you're growing up in this environment. So all those old cops now, they're yeah. like 50, 60, 70 years old. Yeah. They live in $600,000 houses. Mm. Yeah. Mm. They was getting it. That was mm. that extra paycheck. I needed to be a cop then, man. Damn, damn. Damn, they was getting it. <laughs> so, so the whole system is corrupt, but do you feel that it's wrong what you do? Like, you really feel like, yo, like, this is immoral. This is not how I want to live my life. Yeah, I've, I always felt that, right. but I had to eat. Right, right. So at what point, like, what is the turning point? What is the day that you wake up and say, this is my last day? So basically what happened, like I was struggling because I had two. Now, here I'm 17. I got two kids, six you got, months you got, apart. You got two baby moms. Just pregnant at the same time, one in Brooklyn, one in Queens. And I'm like, yo. Black chicks, Puerto Rican chicks? Yeah, are? black chicks. Okay. I'm like, yo, I So can't. they both arguing with you. And that's yeah. a whole other war. That's a whole other <laughs> issue. But I was, man, I manned up and told my girl, like my girl in Queens was my girl. I was messing around in Brooklyn because I had to hide out on some something that happened. What would you have to hide out before? on? Before. Tell us, what you, tell us what happened, man. So what happened? That's in the book. That's in the we, book. Tell us what happened, man. Yeah, he won everything. You got at least some suspense. So we had a little situation in right. Queens. I had to lay low for okay. a minute. Okay. I had to lay low for like 30 days. So my man, Sean Du, was like, yo, come to this party in Brooklyn. And I meet this chick and I impressed her real quick. And I just laid out there for like 30 days. Right, right, right. So ran, she got pregnant. You know, you know what's amazing, man? It's crazy. It's, it's, it's crazy how... Queens ran with Brooklyn mm-hmm. back then. And when we when we met, we were talking about the killer dudes that you knew mm-hmm. from Brooklyn. Like, mm-hmm. how was that, man? Like, how did y'all link up with, with Brooklyn cats, man? Well, it just happened. Like, I, I, was, I always was linked up with different dudes. I never was, like, just with my set. Because it was even, like, in Queens, you know, the North Side, you got Elmhurst and all. I was good with everybody, Queensbridge dudes, and everybody's territorial. Right. Yes. But you got to be able to maneuver through all that because yeah. everything is the network and the policy. It's yes. like what y'all doing here. Yeah. The whole radio show. Everything is the network. You couldn't be in here if you ain't network. Right. So that's everything. Everything is the network and politics. And it's funny because we were I was talk- able to do that. We was, when we was talking. But you know what was crazy? What? It was hard for me to bring dudes outside the network to my hood. Mm-hmm. They would be like, yo, life, yo, this dude can't be here. And I'm like, yo, pipe down. This is my man's. And why couldn't they be there? Because everybody's territory. Right, 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 right. But you knew some real <laughs> monsters in Brooklyn, too. We were talking <laughs> yeah, about that. Yeah, we were yeah, talking yeah. about God Rest the Dead Demencio. Yeah. You know, I was and, with his son I was with his son Saturday. Which is crazy. Saturday. Where were the cats? You was, you was, was you running with any of them Cypress Hills cats? Yeah. Dig it. Dig it. I was deep. Best style. I was all over the place. But you gotta you have to have these connects to move around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you you moving around. You need that passport. I was up in Washington Washington Heights is where all the way so when I was on the north side doing my own thing, I had to get up in Washington Heights. The Colombians had everything. Mm. 
couldn't get it from a black dude. You had to go to Washington Heights, and you had to be able to get in there. And how did you get in there? I got in there. My man put me on, so everything is the networking pilot. Once the Colombian, they ain't even speaking liquor. All they cared about is your, how much you got. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And you had to go into like four abandoned buildings down a sweaty basement with pipes, and so you and they searching you. You by yourself. What you gonna do? You gotta get out of there. And not even knowing if it's on the up and up. You don't even know if it's on the up and up. But when you had to, when you started the network and they trust you, it worked out. So, walk us through. You, you walk us through your last day. Yes. Yes. So what happened was I said, "Yo, I can't do it." So, but remember, I was smart. So I said, "You can't just get out. You can't get out making all this bread, then stay home, and now you got five dollars in your pocket. You mm-hmm. got peer pressure. Then dudes is probably coming at you. Yo, why you ain't back out here? Whatever." So I said, "Yo, I got to make the great escape." So what I did was, unbeknownst to everybody, I went and signed up for the U.S. Army. Mm-hmm. Uh, went secretly to the Times Square. Did you up. go to the Times Square? Nah, I went to Fort Hamilton, okay, Brooklyn. <laughs> I signed up. Nobody, I ain't tell my girl, my mother, because remember, you trust no one. Mm-hmm. Why the army? Why? I just had to get out. Yeah, right. that was I didn't want to go to the Marines because my uncle went to the Marines. He came back fucking crazy, so that was not <laughs> even an option. I didn't want the Navy because I can't swim. And right. I'm afraid. I'm afraid of the air. Yo, so classic, I go to the classic black shit right so there. <laughs> it was the only choice, right? So I did it, and he told me it'd be like three months. So like right before I three left. months in term before you right got before doctor. I could go, I took the test and right. everything. I qualified to be a combat medic, you know, like a field nurse and all that. So I was like, all right, I ain't telling nobody. So I'm still in the streets, hard in the streets, hard. Till the day came, and I just got low. Damn. So I leave for like three years and four months. Where, where do you go? Where do you get? The, where do you get? I was at Fort Dix, New Jersey, right, right. for basic. Then they sent me to Fort Sam Houston, and there was no wars going on at the time. This was nah. before the Iraq War, right? Yeah. Well, I was in for Iraq one. Okay. So right. that's what you, you got. You got deployed. I didn't go. Okay. It was right on the because they was gonna give me like thirty thousand dollars to reenlist. I was like, I ain't fighting no war. Right. Getting out of here. So you get out the army, and everybody's dead and in jail. Everybody's dead and in jail. Mm-hmm. But it was crazy. Where I was in the military. All my peoples was writing me. Who would your with, people, your family? Yeah, my street dudes. Okay. We proud. They was in jail. Uh, we proud of you. You made it out. Yo, we love you the whole nine. When you, you went in, the, the Edward Burns shit popped off. It popped. Mm. So, I mean, your Soon timing, your yeah. timing was See, Dallas is on it. impeccable. It was impeccable. Because when the Edward Byrne shit popped, Internet. everybody's Internet. door got kicked in. Internet. Edward Byrne was a cop. Was it was a rookie? Was a rookie eight months on the on the on the on the force. That's the most infamous, and he murder. got executed basically. That's because. the most infamous police murder in the history of New York, and that really set the trend. I mean, that's that really that's turned the tides. That was nationally it. with regard to the war on drugs, because that's that really it. when George Bush got involved, and that like the it. pressure went all the way to the top. It's but, like, yo, but, we got to stop but this, this city, violence. This city, and particularly mm-hmm. Queens, was ground. Everybody's mm-hmm. door mm-hmm. got kicked in. That's so when they started TNT. Whew. They didn't have, remember, before yeah. I was out there, they didn't have none of that. Right, they had none of that. They didn't have none of that. So you was able to sling, move around, nobody, it was, it was easy. So when you're, when you're, when you're in, the, in the army, how do you, how do cats start realizing that you're aware? How do they, how do they, how do you start contacting them? Yeah, so I, you know, my people, my family was just telling people, plus I was calling a couple of my dudes at their cribs. What like, are they yo. saying when you first, like, they, they just was like, yo, you, nigga, you crazy? Right. <laughs> it's like, nigga, we getting all this money, you, right. you, got, you got on some fatigues. But I knew, see, 
I was so sharp that I knew if I went to an environment where everybody had five dollars in their pocket, I wouldn't feel no pressure. Mm. And that's what the military does. That's it's, what it did. It takes care of your your, your real they, bottom they, line. You get three square right. meals. Everybody's broke. That's like going to jail, but three right. hots, right. three you hots in a cot. Three hots in a cot. Right. You went <laughs> army fatigues all day. You had to be now, but I'm in the military with big medallion chains. <laughs> I'm in there. Crazy. You got the moon. You got the moon yeah. part in your hand. I'm in there with the high top fade, and I'm jigged out crazy. You know what I'm saying? Then I'm I'm coming home once in a while. And we doing stick ups. I'm coming home. In wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on. Stop, 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 stop. stop yeah, it's wow. all in the book. Come no, no, on, no, no, man. No, 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 no. Combat. Now, you, told, you, me. you told me you wasn't going to film when you got here. This is the Combat Jack show. Plus, Combat. You know what I'm saying? It's in the book. No, no, but this is going to propel your book to go yeah, best. Yeah, yeah, this, this yeah. This is going to open the book up right now. Open up the book. So, wait a minute. When you come home on a weekend stay, we just doing stick ups. And you and see you your people. Mm hmm. And you do a jugs just to let them know, yo, same old nigga. Still got it. Still got it. And I'm struggling, like, why am I doing this? Mm. I'm doing it because I'm home with my mans, and my mans like, yo, they got a CeeLo game going on, yo, let's go get them. So do you feel this is like an obligation to your peoples, or do you feel like, yo, I still got the thrill, or is like the attraction of the streets, or is it peer pressure? What the fuck is it, B? I think it was more just like, I just wanted to make my mans happy and right. try to keep my street cred up. Right, right, right. Like, yo, I'm still like, dude. I'm in the army with Uncle Sam, but I'm we just get it. Yeah, this this army don't. So don't one mean night shit. we can ready to go get this this dice game. It's in the book. So I go, we I'm running down the block. I got a pumpkin mask on, and my man got a Cinderella mask on. A pumpkin mask. A pumpkin Halloween. mask. Halloween. Halloween. It was right around October. <laughs> so it was crazy. And then we leave. Why did you choose a pumpkin mask? Because that's dude? all my daughter had. I was like, yo, I woke my, I woke my wife up like, yo, let me get the. Where's, where's the Halloween mask? Where's Where, the Halloween mask? Where's, yeah. that, where's that pumpkin mask? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Yo, when you get to. Yo, the- and I did that with one of the most infamous dudes in Queens. I ain't even going to name mm. right now. Mm. Most One of the most infamous. Will it be in the book? He Will it be in the book? book? Well, I'll give you a hint. He he got locked. He was on trial for murder for the basketball game in Baisley Park. At Baisley Park. And killed the referee. Mm. Damn. With a punch. That was a My shock man, call. man. Yeah. <laughs> was there any bullets flown during any of these stick-ups, man? Not that one. Right. <laughs> Not but but that you, but but you let it fly. Yeah, yeah. We it was crazy. Yo, this man. is this is crazy. So, hold up, man. When you get to the army, man, are you are you an asshole? Like are, how do you no. how do you how do you adapt to that discipline? I was whatever they needed. Really? I did it. 50 push-ups, let's do it. Really? Climb that wall, do it. Mop that floor, do it. Mm. I always remember I had the morals and values. Like my mother taught us the morals and values. Like yo, pay attention to your elders, people in charge. So I already knew all that stuff, and I I wanted to go there and do right because I ain't want to get back to the streets. Right, right, right. right. I had to do right. Was there. anybody mad at you for going to the army? No, I, my entire family was elated. Right. But for cats from the street, was anybody from the street? I don't know if I could say they was mad. It was a little jealous right. and envy because you know dudes got charges. They can't go. Right. You know what I'm saying? And you got out before you, you got any of the charges or anything. Matter of fact, I got out. When I got popped, I got popped on an assault. And I told a legal aid, because had, I had a legal aid. I didn't even get a pay law. I had a legal aid. And I said, yo, I'm going to the Army. And I told, and he told the judge. And the judge was like, you going to the Army? I'm going to you one more chance. Ah! <laughs> yo. I swear, yo, I ain't going to lie. Yo, yo, you I don't know so- what y'all believe in, but I believe there's a higher power. And I, my life, he had to be looking out for mm. me. Mm-hmm. It's no way he was all the stuff I did and then get popped 
And this judge goes, he's going in the army? I'm going to give you one more chance to change your life. Damn, I know, and dismiss I know, the case. I know you was like, ah. I was like, I got to go now. Because <laughs> I don't even want to see this judge again. <laughs> so so you come home, man. And and and, and now what, what are you thinking? So what happened was I had this fantasy to be a cop while I was in the army. Matter of fact, when I was in high school, there was a cop assigned to the school to Andrew Jackson. So I used to talk to him. But what I used to see him all the time, the girls was all around him. I was like, yo, I need to do this job. Mm. He's getting all the ladies. And so we was talking, and he was like, yo, he knew what I was doing in the streets. He said, could change your life, benefits, da da da, da. So I took the test while I was in the Army. Or while I was in high school, I think I took the test, and I went away because he told me it'd take about three years for an investigation. So I figured if I went away for three years, I came home. And as fate would have it, I had two jobs in my life. Mm. I was in the Army. I was a cop. Right. I never worked at McDonald's. I never did none of that stuff. That's crazy. Listen, man, I want to get to more of your story and then and, and tr- transition in the whole nine. Internet, you tune into the Combat Jack Show, the CombatJackShow.com. We got Dallas Penn in the building. got Premium Penn in the radio. building. We got Corey Life Pegas in the building. Yeah. yeah. F your radio, F your podcast, F your TV show. Be right back. Internet, I got a special announcement here. Cat Williams is returning to HBO this Saturday in an all-new stand-up special, Priceless, Afterlife, directed by none other than Spike Lee. Combat, it's recorded in front of a live audience. Williams takes the stage and launches into an hour frenetic stand-up comedy covering topics such as California weed, dispensaries, getting rid of racism in 2014, aggressive police tactics, drug commercials, being sent to a mental institution, how America handles tragedies, and more. Did I say returning to HBO? That's right. He previously appeared on HBO in 2006 in his special solo, The Pimp Chronicles Part 1, as well as Russell Simmons' Deaf Comedy Jam. You may also know him from Friday After, Wildin' Out, Norbit, The Boondocks, or music video appearances with Outkast and Little Kim. So whatever you do, make sure to tune in to Cat Williams' stand-up special, Prices After Life, this Saturday at 10 p.m. on HBO. That's this Saturday, August 16th on HBO. Hey, yo, Internet, you tune into the Combat Jack Show, the CombatJackShow.com. We got Dallas Penn in the building. F your radio. We got Premium Pete in the building. Cheer. Yo, Dallas, man, we got to get the low in the building, man. Oh, man. Uh, the king of the flourishments. King of the flourishments. Blue Label. It's now, it's now the Blue Label Buyers Club. The Blue Combat And Jack. what is the Blue Label Buyers Club? The Blue Label Buyers Club is a social media-based uh, Polo Ralph Lauren pop-up shop. Okay. So there'll be, there'll be a, a, a nice uh, opening with some select... Dope pieces, things that I call heirloom status, like pieces that are timeless, low joints that you'll be able to rock 10 years, 20 years down the road, and they'll be offered at a, a tremendous discount. Mm. Like my man gives me, he's showing me his discount. He gives me the illest discount possible. He's in the studio today, man, because he's really looked out and, and, and he just asked, oh, I just want to hear the show. So he's in the studio today. Where can they find Get the Low, man? Where, where, they can, where can they find Blue? The Blue Label Bias Club. Yes. Well, the first thing they need to do is they need to follow on Instagram, get the low. G-E-T-T-H-E-L-O. On, on Instagram. On Instagram. Follow get the low. And get the low will, on that IG page, offer Blue Label Buyers Club deals. Mm. All right? I mean, the, the, he, he's got a combo deal right now for a Bulldog Varsity Jacket. Ooh. Wool body, leather sleeves, 
Uh, I like the bulldog shorts too, B. Bulldog and a bulldog rugby. So, so the combo right now, the combo is offering not the shorts, but the rugby and the varsity jacket. Uh, the varsity jackets six hundred. The rugby's uh, one seventy. If, if you know, if you if you put tax on that, you're over eight hundred. And he's got the combo deal right now mm. for a little bit over five. Wow. All right. So I'm I'm copying that. So internet. Where where should it go again, man? Instagram, get the low, L-O. And is there an email address or anything like that if they, if they see something? Or- the, I'd, I'd suggest them to go to the Instagram and, and, and acclimate themselves there because they're not ready for his email address yet. Who the fuck are these people? <laughs> <laughs> these, these are motherfuckers that are probably wearing USPA shit right now. Yo, Dallas, I got a question for you, man. I know I've seen you on, on social media, man, and you've been telling these cats... You've been telling these cats for the past several months, yo, I'm not on the com- Combat Jack show anymore. I'm not on the Combat Jack show yes. anymore. There was also I will the- never be on the Combat Jack I've show been telling, anymore. I've been telling... Fuck the Combat Jack show. Anyone who has my cell phone number has been texting me. <laughs> I've been like, yo, fuck Combat Jack. <laughs> I, don't, I don't fuck with Combat Jack. Yo, Pre and Peter's a sucker. <laughs> so what? Fuck. So what brings you here today, man? I'm trying to go on this yacht ride. You are... You- <laughs> You good money. You good? Are you good for this yacht? Ride? I I'm I'm here to double make double sure that I'm good. First of all, this yacht ride is going to be crazy. This is your down payment for the for the yacht ride. I'm making sure like yo, man to man face to face. I'm looking you dead in your eye combat. You telling me I'm good? No, the powers that be called me today and they said tell Dallas Penn he's good. Okay, good, good. That's that's why I'm here so, tonight. So so you could you could continue to stay and, and join us for the rest of this episode. Oh, with, I'm not I'm not leaving, I'm not leaving here now. Again, get the fuck out. First of all, hold on for a second. <laughs> Let, let's 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 get this straight. This seat that I sit in is one of the best seats ever. You miss it, man? Of course. You get to be a fan Do you of... you sit home listening to the episodes? Like, damn. I, I sit home and listen to the episodes. Sometimes I'll be like, yo, <laughs> yo, if Combat Jack don't shut the fuck up and let these people talk. I mean, tonight you're, you're doing a great job of not interrupting life and, and letting him tell a story. Let him uh, rehash his experiences. Right. I mean, normally, like, I listen and I'm like, oh, would you, Combat, shut the fuck up. <laughs> no, no, no. But people talk. But, of course, listen, this, this is the best seat in hip-hop right yes. here. To, to talk to the creators, um, Cormega, Chuck D, uh, fucking Farrell Mont. Like, like, D-Nice. You know, I've missed a hundred episodes. <laughs> Combat. But, but they've all been so important for the culture so that people can hear these folks' stories f- in their own words with, with questions that fans, that, uh, that we really want to fucking know. Yeah. About their lives. Yeah. They, they, and, and I mean, of course, D-Nice, man. Like, yo... I'm not gonna say I cried, but like a piece of dust had got in my eye. <laughs> Fecal for a dust. Fecal dust. Shut the fuck up, Pete. I will say this: Dallas Penn is a brother to the room. Is I mean, a brother to me. And 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 you know what? He knows what it is. As when we say in Combat Jack show, it never. Stop. Never stops, man. This is no, like the Aven- this is Avengers beat. It never and stops. You, you're, DP. Found a, you're a founding member. The you the Hulk. Right. The Hulk be, be gone from the... Hulk could dip the fuck off. <laughs> Hulk comes back, sometimes he speaks. Yep. That nigga come back six months later, he don't even talk no more. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like... Yo, but it's, it's good to see you, man. Good to be and seen, Conrad. Good to be seen. Shout out to, to Get the Low. Yo, Mr. Pegas. Yes, yes, yes. We got Corey Life Pegas in the building. Pegas, like Eddie. Pegas, Pegas. Why your name's spelled so Come on, come on so, so exotic. What, 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 you not Haitian no more? Your name is... Pegas. Pe- Pe- you, you don't say Pegas. <laughs> 
You don't say Pegues in Haiti. Pe- so you don't, you don't say Pegues. I went and brought a pair of Haitian Jordans tonight. All right, man. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. We got Mr. Pegues in the building. We're yeah. talking about your life story, man, which, which is amazing. How'd you get the name Life, man? From the streets to the beat. From the streets to the beat. From the streets to the beat. Yeah, that's going to be the book. How'd you, were you a 5 percenter? Nah, so what happened is me and my crew, one day we were just chopping it up and said, yo, let's just create a Life Mob. So my name, remember I told you my family called me Booby? Yes. So dudes in the street called me Boo. So I was Boo Life. Then it was Dude Life for Life. So it was all these life dudes. And for some reason, the name stuck with me. Mm. So everybody called me Life. So they dropped the Boo. And that's why you know. I, I, I thought you was a 5 percenter, man. But Yeah, everybody does. Yeah, yeah. Everybody goes, peace, God. So, so you, in, in, in the last segment, man, you were talking about how you, you, you basically served Uncle Sam. Mm-hmm. You know, you came back home. You figured out how to really prep yourself to get into the force. Right. Talk about you getting into the force, man. You, yeah, that was an experience getting into. So now This cop was out. telling you. Yeah, cop, so you, he told me in right. high school, you know, what to do, how to navigate. So you had already done that before you went to the Army. Right, so while in the Army, I had to come home, do an investigation, but then I had to call him and say, look, I can't, because my commanding officer wouldn't keep letting me leave. So they said, we're going to put you on a military list. I ain't know nothing about this. So soon, the military list is for all city jobs. If you're in the military, you let them know you're in the military. As soon as you get out, you get preference. Mm. So as soon as I came out to the military... Told them I was home. They start rushing my investigation. Six months later, I go to police academy. Mm-hmm. Now, the first day I go in there they, for a visit, you know, I got slacks on, silk shirt. Here I go with my big medallion, oh. rope chain. I come to Brooklyn Now, wh- now what, what, what hair are you wearing now? You're not, you're not wearing that. No, because that- I'm in the Army, so okay. I got a season, season light right. season. Right, right. So I got this big chain on. You, you look like a gold tooth type, man. You used to rock a gold tooth? I had a gold tooth for like two days. I couldn't eat with it. Yeah, yeah. Got rid of, had that, to that be shit's uncomfortable. It. I, yeah, I, I ate my nice. shit. You ate your? With a hero. Yeah. I, had a, I had a cap, man. Yeah. And I fucking forgot to take it off and ate it with a hero and then tried to follow my shit. You tried to follow? <laughs> to, to get it back. Never got it back. Never got yeah, it back. I, yeah. I didn't have a gold teeth, just one, but it didn't work. So now I come, I remember walking up the aisle. I had to go to the bathroom. And I got a ditty bop. I got a real serious ditty bop. So one of the cops grabbed me. He was like, yo, you better change that walk. You ain't going to make White it cop, here. black cop. Black cop. Mm. So I said, look, I just did four years in Uncle Sam. It's just what I do, man. I make it through. But, you know, the grace of God, I was able to make this. Mili- the uh, academy was easy. Right. It was just some, you know, work, like books and, mili- and you know, physical training. It wasn't. But even- you just came out the army, so you was in top shape. Yeah, so it wasn't a problem. Right. What, I breathed house, through that. What house did you did you get assigned to when you were? Uh, First, I was in the 114. Oh, Queens shit, in Queens. You already know that. Nas, Tragedy, Eric B., all of them. I was over there. Do you do you remember what project. year you came in? Do you remember what Come year? Come on, brother. 92. Mm. January 13, 92. So I was in Queensbridge, June 92, right after the Democratic Convention. Two weeks. So maybe July 92, I was in Queensbridge. Was, so when you first yeah. throw on that uniform, man. Yeah, Conrad, let, let me set something up also. Yeah. Now, the city, the turmoil that the city is going through mm-hmm. when you hit that house. Mm-hmm. Um, we've gone through uh, the Central Park riots. Yes. Yeah. We've gone through my man, the, the, the Utah tourist that got murked at mm-hmm. Roseland. Eddie Burns murder. Eddie Burns murder. Eddie Burns murder. But, but I mean, the things that precipitated after Eddie Burns murder, the Dinkins administration. Crown right? Heights. The yeah. things that so so mm-hmm. like when you're getting to see 
the police get turned up mm-hmm. against dudes who life used to be yeah. six years ago. So you're talking about I'm in the 114 precinct. There's 300 cops. There's only 28 blacks. And we mm. sprinkled out. So I'm on the 4 to 12. <laughs> so I look, I love the 4 to 12 for the streets. You're 4 to 12, so you're back home. I'm 4 to 12. So I'm back home, maybe like three three people on the 4 to 12 out of the whole team. And um, it is what it is. It, it was, I always was like, listen, they knew I was different. I've come from a hip hop, you know. I'm growing up on Hollis, Run DMC. You know, this is what I did. Being Rock Kim, you know. But I was like running with Jay and and D. Like this was Jam my man, right? right, right. right. Like, this is where I come. So I got the Diddy Bop. I talk different. My swag, my pants sagged a little more than everybody. <laughs> so you know, I was like voted most unlikely to succeed <laughs> my whole life. In, in your, in your my whole life. Right. <laughs> You know, so, you know, I wasn't supposed to graduate from high school. I wasn't supposed to make it through the military. I remember carrying the flag in the military and the sergeant saying, boy, stop bouncing my flag. You know, everything is in unison. Right. So, but I got a ditty box. <laughs> so when everybody's going down, I was going up with the flag. It was it's crazy. <laughs> so then I get to the police department. My bop is a problem with them, right, too, because right, right, right. everything is in unison. When you throw on that uniform, man. Having lived, well, I mean, you already wore the military mm-hmm. uniform, and you lived the street life. But throwing on that police uniform, man, was it? Was it? It was pro- crazy. See, was- you got to read the prologue. Right. I'm gonna text you the prologue okay. to my book. I just finished. It's edited. It's tight. It's ten but, pages. But, but, but in in two words, it was man, crazy. In, in three words, man. What's the, what's that transformation like? I was like, oh my god, mm. like I made it. For me, it was like I lived the American dream. Mm. I no longer got to look over my back. Mm. You don't know what it is to walk out every single day. You got to pan. It's like crossing the street, left, right, left. Because I don't even know who going to come get me. My man's going to come get me. Stick up kid going to get me the killer because I done did something to somebody. So I felt like the monkey was off my back. Mm. So now I could just live the American dream like everybody else. Get benefits, house, white picket fence, two cars. I made it. So, so wait a minute. So you're talking about a transformation now, mentally. Also, you you don't look around you inside this house and be like, "Yo, trust no one." You you were able to shed even that mentality. No, I'm still like that. Okay. To this day, I don't trust nobody. Okay. Everybody's a threat. Going okay. through your going through training, man, in 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 the force. Mm-hmm. What are the dynamics with regard to race? You said they were, they were only like 28 brothers out of 300, but like what's the right. dynamics? With, with well, the- I'm going to tell you, in the NYPD, I mean, I could speak about them. It's racism. Racism is, is alive and well all over the place. Right. But if you don't have consciousness, see, for me, I always had consciousness of self. I know for sure, because my mother taught me, we was all... We always raised in the back of the 3Ms and not in any particular order, Malcolm Martin and Mega. So I already knew what the struggle was. You know what I'm saying? I remember in 1976, my mother sent me and my little sister in front of the, it's in the book, in front of the black and white TV and making us watch that five-part series called Roots. Mm. So I already had knowledge of self. I knew what it was. You're not going to treat me any old kind of way. And you're not going to, I don't play the black jokes. You're not going to play that in front of me. I don't want to hear the black jokes. Like, we could be people. So I always took a stand. I remember one of my first times out on patrol, and I had locked this kid up. 
And a guy came, like three white cops responded to the scene, and they started kicking the guy. He got cuffs on, and the sergeant came, and I was like, yo, listen, they just kicked this guy. Like, that's not my prison. I had nothing to do with this. Right. So they knew right then. They was like, oh, we can't do this stuff in front of Pegues. But but were you a problem, it. though? Because that is a problem mm-hmm. also no, no, when no, you no, don't no. go with the tide. No, what, I know. See, that's where people get it twisted. No, I wasn't the problem. They was the problem. Right. Mm. I was doing what's right, not real. Like, people always say keep it real. I don't even like saying that. I always keep it right. Right. So I was what's right. Like, you know, you got to understand, a lot of these cops are middle management geeks. They used to get their lunch money stolen. You right. know, they was paying they got their a- whole life. Like, dude, you're going to be a cop, Joey. This is what you're going to do. And you're going to get back at these Me, cops. it was different. <laughs> so I was different. They they tough with a gang. I was, yo, I was, did I seen people shot? I was you pulled you pull the jam 22 this. in somebody's chest. <laughs> Twice. Oh, man. Twice. Ain't, yeah, you ain't even read the other part of the book where some other stuff happened. You got to send me the book before I can read it, man. Oh, man. So, yeah. so, 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 it, like, in the, uh, do you feel now, man, like you're on the force and you're watching these little things, man, do you feel that you have more of a responsibility to people that look like you? Oh, yeah. But see, the other thing to that is like, listen, my whole thing was like, yo, if you're wrong, you're wrong. So, for instance, I remember being in Queensbridge, grabbing a dude, throwing him against the wall, shaking him down. I could feel he had like three three vials of crack in his pocket. And I'm like, yo, where the gun at? Where the gun at? Because I know that that's sneaker money. I ain't going to spend nine hours locking this dude up because I already know he was selling. (laughs) Mm. Am I wrong? Probably it's up to who wants to debate it. Right. You know what I'm saying? But I need the brick. Mm-hmm. Give me the kilo. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do nothing with these or, two or the vials biscuit, of crack. Or the biscuit. Right. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I'm saying? So that was a decision I made. That's not mm-hmm. corruption. Like some people might call it corruption. I go, no, that's called giving this dude a second chance. It's called a conscience. Maybe, it's called a conscience. Maybe when he left me, he said, yo, I don't even want to do this no more. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Mm-hmm. So everything is not like. 100 like yo lock everybody gotta go no you gotta use this thing called discretion right mm-hmm. you gotta have some conscious like i was there I, four years ago that was me right right that was me four years ago right how right is the transition you know when we're in the street and we hustle you know i mean hustle so many mm-hmm. years and you know we know we know what a d-tech looks like we know right. we know the moves we know when five hours coming we mm-hmm. know we know everything but then when you go on the other side were you right about everything too? Like meaning from 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 now, you know, checking out the dudes in the street and 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 having a suspicion of something. Were you right? Were you on point about everything? Like we are on the street about how the cops are. You know right, what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I mean, I could smell. I knew. I mm. could tell when somebody had a gun. Mm. I could tell when somebody was wrong. Because I, I knew how can the you walk. tell somebody has a gun, man? Well, it's different ways. Like you know, the walk or the gait of a person. Like you, I know how I used to be. Right. You know what I'm saying? I know when the dude is playing the wall and the dude is on the front of the sidewalk, the dude playing the wall, he probably home. I know when the drug seller is going down, it was easy for me because I know somebody's selling a drug, somebody getting the money, and then you got a shooter. Mm. Cops, I used to blow cops' mind with that. They thought I was a fucking genius. <laughs> And I was like, I can't no genius. Did, did, I used to do that. Did your, it's did, like on 125th Street, I was a lieutenant in the 2-8 precinct. They were selling T-shirts and clothes. And I go, yo, <laughs> somebody's selling he got the money, but you need to watch out for the shooter. The shooter. Mm-hmm. It's always three when now, you're selling now, anything. Now, y- y- your colleagues on the force, they knew you used to be on the street? Yeah. And, and what would they say to you, man? Well, they ain't know how deep I was, but they could tell from my vernacular right. and, you know, the way I move. Did they admire you, man? 
Ah, they most of them was like a little afraid of me, like yo. And, and they was very standoffish. And like you said, man, even when you was on the street, you seen hate. Did you see a lot of hate in in the force? Also? I hate on the force. You crazy? Google my name. You can see all kind of fire burning. <laughs> like, 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 like what? Like, like, like what kind of shit, man? Ah, uh, he's a thug. He got thug life on his neck. You know, I got tattoos and the whole nine. You know, so I'm different. Remember, most you're gonna be a cop. It's like you bred to be a cop mm-hmm. or a fireman from an early so, age. So that, that's a fraternity. Right. That's a set fraternity. And I broke and into you the from fraternity. the outside. Not only did I break into it, but I rose to the top at warp speed. Mm. I, I came in with a high school diploma. I left with a bachelor's, a master's, and was handpicked by Police Commissioner Ray Kelly to go to Columbia University to the Police Management Institute, which is the number one police management school in the country. Mm. So, you know, I was a professor at Monroe College for five, six years. I taught at so they used to look at me like, yo, he can't be this. Mm-hmm. You can't be doing all of this and your swag is up. What would they do to you? What'd they say to you, man? Well, I, they didn't really say nothing to me because I always kept people in check. Right. Like like how? Quick. Like, like what would you would you do? Well, like if somebody would say something Like what? Say give us an example. Well, you know, you you um you you different than everybody else. I would be like, Well, where you grew up? You grew up in Bensonhurst, you grew up around John Gotti, you knew mob dudes. So tell me about the mob dudes. What makes them different? They wore a suit and tie, right? And we wore a Yankee hat to the back. Right, 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 right. I'm the same. Yeah, I know you got the vow in the last of your name. I know you know gangsters. <laughs> no, Don't you, the nerve of you to hit a white person up right. telling him he had a vowel on the back of his yeah. name but, but there must have been that, a lot of resentment that burned that burned that burned in his soul but oh, there yeah. must have been a lot of resentment though. there was a lot of resentment mm. but I had a lot of rank right mm. so their resentment could go so far because I'd be like look go stand by that tree and when I get tired of you looking at the tree then you can move. Mm-hmm. Tell, tell us about the the process of going through the rank, man. So what happens is, you know, I was a cop for like five years, six months, five years. Working the beats in the home. Yeah, right? in Queensbridge. What's in the Australia. craziest shit you've seen on What's the craziest shit you've been through? The craziest thing was in Ravenswood Projects. This dude, he killed his, uh, what happened was he did a bid for domestic violence for his wife. Mm. And I don't know what happened, but he came home and asked he went to see the kids. She let him see the kids. And one of the kids told him, like, you know, Pete been coming over. It flipped him out. He was in jail. Pete is her new boyfriend. He killed her. He chopped her head off, nine-year head off, and five-year. He, about three of the kids, he killed them. And the 911 tape was so chilling because you can hear the, the nine-year-old called 911. It was like... And you could hear it in the back, the chopping. He had an axe chopping the necks off all this. He took his wife's head from the living room and placed it on the bed. And so when the cops, when we busted busted into the apartment, he was sitting on the couch with two, like, centimeter uh, superficial wounds like he wanted to kill himself. And the strength that you got to have to see such a gruesome crime scene, not to kill that dude right there. It was very gruesome. So all I had is the kid that had the phone, the phone was still in his hand and his head was, you know, a couple of feet away. So that was very gruesome. But you got to But remember now, I was in the street like some cops ain't used to even seeing nothing like that. Because you mentioned earlier, I, you see some seen, niggas get chopped. I see people get chopped. <laughs> I see bodies. I, I mean, you got it, girls, it's female cops coming up, yeah. they throwing up, they this, throwing up when they get there. This story is so incredible that, that you go into the force. 
one from doing street time, then from doing military time. So in a way, you're conditioned to be cool. <laughs> you like the most crazy cop, be <laughs> crazy. Shit. Like like what you're saying basically is the cop needs to start cop repeat the NYPD needs to start recruiting cats from the street. <laughs> Yo, who who, who, who go who go to the army? It's the best cops. <laughs> yeah. If you can navigate the streets, you can do anything. Mm. Yo, police work was easy. Are you running it as a police officer? Are you running into your old colleagues from the streets? Yeah. And and tell us about that, man. But forget about that. The deal with you talking about the most infamous murder in the history of the New York City Police Department was Eddie Burns. Eddie Burns. And I have to hide that relationship. For 20-something years. You don't understand. It's a culture and a fraternity. Yes. You understand it. Y'all see the PBA president standing up saying it ain't a chokehold. Right, these right, dudes right. is on some... It, these dudes is a, out of their mind. It's, it's, it's the Crips and the blood. It's right. really like... <laughs> these dudes like, is out mean? of their mind. Right. So I have to... If they would have had any inclination that David McClary was my man, I probably would have had a hard time. No. You would have been... You would have been a flat foot. It would have been a problem. What's Mm -hmm. the closest it came to your cover? My man, who was like, I know you. Uh. Mm. I know you. And we became very good friends. To this day, he doesn't even know. He probably, he's going to know after this. He retired as a lieutenant. (laughs) Okay. my man. That's crazy, B. (laughs) That close. Let me ask you about the training, man. Like, during your tenure as a police officer, Mm -hmm. you start seeing the implementation of stop and frisk. Mm Mm-hmm. How was that presented to y'all, man? Well, actually, um, and I can say it on the radio, actually, Stop Questioning the Frisk is a, is a great tool. What happens is they abused it. So when I first became a cop, we wasn't stopping nobody. Right. We didn't care. We was reactive. Like, reactive, ah, somebody like gets said, shot, right. whatever. So then Bratton came and was like, no, we're going we're gonna to go at these small crimes, like the Lucy cigarettes and stuff, mm-hmm. right? I'll qual- get back qual- to that. Quality of quality life. Quality of life, right. right. So we would stop somebody drinking a beer and find out he was wanted for murder because mm. we wasn't stopping people. Somebody jumped to turnstile. This dude was a perennial rapist. Mm. It was like, wow. So now, see, now we've been doing that for 20 years. So right. now when you walk the streets, you don't see people urinating outside. You don't see people drinking beers. You don't see like 10 or more congregating on corners. So the problem and the issue now with the Garner case is like at what point when you talk about crime is as low as it's ever been in five, six decades. At what point do you say, OK, pump your brakes? Because those same communities that we have made as safe as they ever been. Now we're alienating them mm-hmm. but I still you still got okay, that boot on that neck right, right. okay yes I, I am drinking a beer officer I just came from work I had a fucking fight with my boss I'm drinking a Corona let me get that you, DAT right no forget a DAT Yo. I'm drinking a beer oh I can pour yes, it out and, I'm, and no, I can, I'm not I can pouring walk. it out I'm drinking my beer right. yes I just came from work I'm a lawyer but I pay taxes I it's pay okay. your salary no, don't say that. But but that's inflammatory. <laughs> okay, that's but, but I'm saying no, that's inflammatory. Right. But like yes, I, yes, I am drinking a beer. I just came from work. Look at my suit and tie. Here's my ID. I had a fight with my wife. Got a beer. But today's cops are like, no, it's no, 20 it's, years it's, ago. It's, it's no, see, they're still doing what we did 20 years ago. Right. 20 years ago, it was a lot of meat on the bone. Right. You grab somebody drinking a beer, he probably did something. Before. But now that's not happening. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you, and I remember in it's eight, different. I remember in '88. Walking in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. smoking a blunt. Right. And an officer, I, I mean, I was high out of my fucking mind. Right. 
And I walked by her officer, not realizing it, and she was like, you need to put the blunt out. <laughs> and I was like, I'm, thank you, officer. You know what I'm saying? Right. That would not happen right now. No. Mm-hmm. It would not happen right Cause now. Because we didn't care back then. Right. We just. But it seemed like she cared in terms of like from a moral No, but I'm, what I'm saying, we didn't care about, all right, that's a violation. We're going to lock them up for the misdemeanor marijuana burning in public right. it's a misdemeanor we got we got we got one for the for the month right we got a number right it wasn't about quarters when you first came in they always had what they call performance measures right you know it is it's like every job if you're at ibm they're gonna tell you you gotta do so you know people get stuck on that quota thing with the cops yes they have performance measures yeah you got to make an arrest a month and it's the public should be happy like yes we don't want the cops just riding around all day and not doing anything. They make it $110,000. Yeah, they should have some performance measures. So we we ask, you got to make an arrest. You should at least write five, six summers, as you know. it's. But people get caught up in that. Yo, y'all got caught in those? Well, at your job, what do you got to do? If you ride the forklift, can you sit all day and don't move boxes? So you got to give it in layman's terms to okay. people where they understand it. So people get caught up in a quota thing. Yeah, they're told you got to do this, that, or the other. Sometimes they don't meet it. Right. Like, for instance, I had to write, like, 25 parking summonses. You're talking about in 30 days, though. So that's less than one a day. Right. So people go, yeah, that's a quota. It's less than one a day. Yeah. One park, right, one right. double parker a day. Right. Not a big deal. Right. So Easy money. January, I come in with 20. February, I know it was short. I'm going to come in with 30. Mm-hmm. So I'll make it up to the sergeant, like, yo, I didn't, I didn't make my twenty five last month. Right. I'm gonna give you thirty next month. Right. But it's not the numbers are not, and it's one arrest. Like, if you can't find an arrest in any precinct in the city of New York, <laughs> it's a problem. Yep. So people get caught on the quotas. It's not that serious. Your life, man. Why is it though, man, that that the implementation of the police force? Why does it uh, disproportionately affects? People of color. Why? Why is it? Why is it so hard on people of color, man? I, I I had an argument with somebody last week, man, a white guy, and he was like, he spoke to an ex cop, and the cop told him, the reason why so many black people get arrested is because it's easier to arrest blacks. <laughs> That's crazy. Well, I'm gonna I'm tell you this: when you're talking about violence, say I did with violence. You know, I was a commanding officer of the 67 precinct in East Flatbush, which is parent traditionally the second most violent police in the city of new york they definitely let their pistols go mm-hmm. they rob people they rape that's what they do and i also was in charge of all the projects in the northern part of brooklyn from the pink house to Ooh, Kingsborough, east new york forget brownsville about it. Forget van dyke howard forget I, had about all, it. I ran all those so i'm in terms east of york. violence there's no violence in douglas than queens mm-hmm. you understand what i'm saying yeah. So the violence is in the minority communities. I'm telling you this. Right. It's in the, but it's ways that you could deal with the violence. So are you going to have more minorities arrested for violence? Yes, you are. But when you talk about marijuana and Lucy's, you think they're not selling Lucy's in Bayside? Yeah, they're selling Lucy's in Bayside. But the cops not on that, the right. Lucy's in Bayside. And even the Lucy's in Staten Island. How about, Eric, get off the fucking corner. If I come back, you're going down. Right. There's no discretion. What happens in the NYPD, I'm looking now, they need some serious training on conflict resolution. Because mm-hmm. once Garner said, not today, boom, light bulb should have went off. He doesn't want to go. This is a fucking conflict. So now what do we do? How do we resolve it? As How do we? They don't have interpersonal skills. Mm-hmm. If you look at that video, those cops barely said a couple. 
me and you or me and my partner, I would have been like, look, big man, I'm not rolling with you. It's not happening today. Right. Can I ask you a question? Is that because there there aren't any more really beat cops? There there are just guys that just get deployed, but they're not. Well, I never been. I like what you say because everybody want community policing, but I'm not an advocate for it because what the beat cop does is he knows Reggie, he knows Sally, he knows Pete. He ain't locking y'all up. Mm-hmm. I don't care what y'all do because okay. you is mad. Okay. So that's it's it's easier to just deploy people because you have no allegiance. Gotcha. The B cop, he knows everybody. He knows Mrs. Jones, and, and he ain't locking nobody up. Trust me, he's just the B cop. He wants his Christmas presents. Y'all gonna feed him and everything. He's like the mailman. He's like the mailman. Mm. But mm. when you when you start doing different cops day, they have no allegiance. So there's a crime. They're gonna actually take care of it. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. just a little piece. That's what we, but, we but, kinda but got they away might, from. But they that. might OD. Is there a yeah? Is there a yeah, it's a Yeah, it's, it's so you know it's a mix. Mm-hmm. But everything deals with leadership, right. mm-hmm. even from the street. Like it's a supreme team. Like you knew, boom. Everything is leadership, military. So it's from the top so, down. It's from boom, the top down. Top down is mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. You know, because if I have a laissez-faire attitude and saying you could get away with murder, you're gonna do murder. Right. If you tell your kids don't take cookies out the cookie jar, and they take one and you discipline them. They're not going to take it again. But if they take one, you say, didn't I tell you take one? Don't let it happen again. He'd be like, oh, daddy talking bullshit. Yeah, yeah. So everything is leadership. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's funny, man. Growing up in New York, though, even ca- even cops that I didn't fuck with, they, they seem to have character. Mm-hmm. I'm saying they seem to have character. Like, they would be able to assess a situation and look at somebody like myself and be like, even though you're smoking a blunt, you're not a criminal. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You don't need to go through the system. The cops right now are scary because they look scared. Yeah, it's a lo- what is it's that? lost. It's lost now because what happens is the pressure from the top is to produce numbers. Mm. So when you're talking about, let, let me just tell you, I graduated high school in 87. It was 1,700 murders. I went to the police department in 92. It was 2,300 murders. Last year, there was less than 400 murders. Mm. City of 8.2 million people. Mm. What you want Documented. To what do you want the number to be? You think it's going to be zero? Right. So the police department is stuck on this. Bring crime down. So at what point is somebody going to actually stand up and say, hey, we have got crime to its lowest that it's ever been? Ever been. We're going to pull back on some things now. Like the you, murder rate just increased because cops is choking niggas out now. <laughs> there would have been one less murder. It would have been one less homicide. And I'm saying it again. Mm-hmm. It was a homicide. In my estimation, that was a homicide. Because mm. it was just a litany of errors. They could have pulled back. What's going on right now? Because it seems like, I mean, back in the day, you would hear about police brutality from the black community. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the, the, the other side would be like, there's no such thing as police mm. brutality. And then the Rodney King incident. Yeah, video, video changed all that. Video changed all of that. Mm-hmm. But it was still in pockets. It still seemed like it was in pockets. I don't remember. I mean, of course, you had the Michael Stewart's right. getting murdered and the whole nine. But it wasn't. It didn't seem like every day, almost every city. And even then, like, Cats was getting choked out. But mm-hmm. now Cats is going, police officers are going instantly to their guns. What's going on? With the, well, with the with the gun violence, I, I'm gonna tell you this. So even when you look at the gun, you know, because I am a cop, and I watch, also. I watch you, I watch, so, I love the way you analyze on on television. You looked right. at you, you walk the reporter through right. what happened with the Eric Garner mm-hmm. situation. So even when you look at that, you're talking about cops having hundreds of thousands of contacts with people every day. So the Eric Garner incident 
can't be a paintbrush for the whole department. You know what I'm saying? So we understand and know that. But there's only one profession in the world where you got the right to take a life. Mm. And this is my platform. You got the right to take a life. As a police so officer. So I'm expecting for you to do every single thing to prevent you taking a life. Right. So don't tell me because when the PBA president goes on TV and says, well, you know, dealing with cops, sometimes people die. I don't want to fucking hear that when it's my right. son. Right. What's my father? When it's my brother? You're the paid professional that's sworn to protect and serve. You're supposed to find every means, even if it means to protect away. To protect and serve. Back up. Right. Once he says, not today, I'm tired of y'all harassing me, conflict resolution. What would you have said? What, 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 would you, what would you have done? I'm telling you what I would. Right. Me and my partner talked about this. You know, I was talking the other day. We would have been like, big man, I'm not rolling around with you. It's not happening. Right. We're locking you up for the cigarettes. That's what they said. So we'll give them that. We're locking you up for some of the Lucy's. So if you come with us, I'm going to call the team. And you know when the team come. But if you come with us, check this out. You're going to use the phone 25 times. I don't care who you call. I'm going to buy you McDonald's. I'm going to get you out of here in three hours. Mm. You out, you've been through this already. Stop it. But you're going to make a show? Don't make me call the team. That's how I would have went with me. Right. Mm-hmm. But with them, it's like. They don't even know how to talk. They don't know how to talk to people. And even if I said that, and he was like, I'm not going if you get the team. Now, however it goes down, it goes down. Because right. mm-hmm. I gave you the out. Right. But usually when you talk to people, it works. I've had killers shoot people and having guns in their hands, and I come up and I'm like, yo, put the gun down. Please don't make me. I don't want to do this to right. you. Right, right. And they drop their gun. But, but once again, you say it's from the top down. But what has changed? What? So what happens is when you have a PBA president making such inflammatory statements by saying it's not a choco, when the entire nation saw a hand or an arm around the neck squeezing, it's a choco, it's a choco, it's a choco. So that that messes up all the stuff that I'm trying to do out here, trying to bridge that gap between community and police, saying, yo, all cops are not bad. But when you got the head guy standing there saying it's not a choco, you ban- you can't bamboozle the people. Right. Don't right. bamboozle me. You right. you be better off saying, listen, we're waiting for a lengthy investigation and whatever happens, it happens. But don't bamboozle the people. Don't stick your finger people. up at the people. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. But but like now, when you say it starts. Because you know the- what's going to eventually start happening? I'm going to be honest with you. With the climate right now, people are going to start taking shots at cops. I got a daughter that's a cop mm. in the NYPD. People are going to start taking shots at cops. They look at the Eric Garner. They look at what happened out in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. People are going to start taking shots at so, cops. So we we got to replace PBA management. Well, we can't do that because the membership vote the men. Mm-hmm. And you got to understand it's a culture within a culture. Mm-hmm. So they love that. Yo, this guy's defending me because they're not even in a same mind. No, he's not defending you. He's inflaming, he's inflaming what a tragedy that happened. You know, I met with Eric Garner's mother and sister Last Friday, no fanfare, no cameras, no media. They requested to meet with me, and I was giving them a lot of advice about the police and, you know, how things work. And I, I actually told I said, that cop didn't go to work wanting to kill your son, but your son is dead, and somebody's culpable for it. So somebody got to be culpable for the death. Right. Because cops don't want no checks and balances. Mm-hmm. If you leave it up to them, they want to say everything is like, oh, it was part of our job. No, 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 no. You clearly violated a rule that's on the book said absolutely no chokehold mm-hmm. then you didn't offer any cpr any medical treatment to the young man should have took the cuffs off there's a litany of things you got two sergeants on the scene you didn't see them taking any action mm-hmm. so that whole thing was 
It was a mess. Uh, it was a circus yeah. of errors. Right. It right, was a right, circus of right, errors. Right, right. The sergeant at you know the original report we broke that down on PIX. The original report said the sergeant said she didn't see him in distress, and it's, the sergeant is black. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was at one police plaza last week and I had cops coming up to me saying, you threw the sergeant under the bus. I said, what are you talking about? I didn't throw her under the bus. I threw her in front of a fucking jet plane. <laughs> 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 fucking Learjet. <laughs> she didn't do anything. Yeah. And she stood there his last breath when he said, I can't breathe. She right. was right on top and lied in the interview. No, I, the pushback I get also, man, is when you talk about police brutality, cats are like, well... There's black police officers on the on the force too, so it's not a racial thing. Well, look at the last three incidents, and that's what I'm saying. I haven't inflicted race in the whole. T- I look at the last three incidents: Eric Garner, Choco, black sergeant on the scene, Indian sergeant on the scene, the guy on the train station getting choked up, Spanish cop. You got in Bedford Stuyvesant, eight one precinct, the black cop, cuff guy. He's stomping him on his stomping head. head. Right. All right. What's that about, man? That's about the arrogance. That's the arrogance of, yo, we could rule, we could do whatever. It's the culture because it's leadership. If there was leadership, when I was the commander of the precinct, the cops knew I would go to roll call and tell them, if you do anything, I'm trying to take your job. Mm-hmm. They knew. The boss, the commander, he's not playing. You know, I'm not playing. You do something wrong, I'm taking your job. Yeah. I can guarantee you that. Mm. But most commanders, they're not going to go there. They go along to get along. Go along to get so along. So it's really it's, so it's so, pervasive. So it's become really like you were saying in one of your in one of your presentations. Mm-hmm. It's really the biggest gang right now. The biggest gang is the biggest. You got to understand. There's no. You tell me, Bloods, Crips, Nietas, MS13s. There's no gang in the world that could get on the radio and have 50 people there. In a matter of seconds. They're going to have to all get on phones, call people to come there. By the time we get to, we there. We there. And any municipality around the country, when the cops call for help, you got postal police, you're going to have um, cops, transit police, all kind. Yeah. Everybody's coming. Right. Helicopters. Everything. Shit. Those guys called the Boost Mobile they, probably shut off. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so you, it's the biggest gang. You know, I'm not going to keep you much longer, man, but I want to go through a couple of cases, man, and get your assessments of them. Okay. Um, Sean Bell. Sean Bell. Sean Bell. Nicole Bell is a very good friend of mine. Right. Yeah, I developed a relationship with her after that incident. Very sad. Leadership. Lieutenant on the scene. Didn't take charge. Sad situation. In defense of the cops, they actually thought that he had a gun. And that's what they was firing at. But then you have what we call reflective firing. You see another cop shooting, and then you start shooting, as opposed to you saw this, you saw Dallas shooting, and you be like, "Yo, Dallas, what you? I don't see nothing." Damn, stop! Right, yo, Dallas, what's going on? But is 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 that is that not peer pressure then amongst these guys? That's just what we call reflective shooting. Mm -hmm. We do analysis for all shootings around the country. You'll see that when when these guys when these shields go back to the house. Is one guy, maybe a week ago, worried about that guy looking at me crazy because nah, I didn't because I didn't pop? And and I'm gonna be, you know, I'm gonna keep it right. Not keep it real. right. So it's like you and Dallas, I mean you and um Combat Jack going down the block and you go outside the store here in Subway and you look you come back in, you went to take a piss, come back in, he fight, you jumping in the fight immediately. Right. You ain't gonna ask him like, yo, why you fighting oh, that fam, guy? What's up? Right, right. I see what you're you saying. You know what I'm saying? Right. So okay. that's what that was all that, about. Right. 
it was a reflective shooting. That's why that jury or the judge didn't indict them. Because you could tell it was it was a reflective shooting. Uh-huh. They didn't even know they were shooting at. They just saw they met. So it's like, yo, he's shooting. He got to have a gun. And then after this over, it's like, oh, shit. Which is poor training. The training is good. Right. It's not the training. It's the leadership. You got to understand it's the individuals that's making it. You got to make split-second decisions right. as a cop. Right. You don't have no time to be going through the patrol guy says. Right. It's split second decisions. So now if but you But the person up, in charge should have been like, what the fuck you doing? Somebody, not even him, anybody there could have been like, yo, stop. Stop. There's no bullets coming but back. How, how are those things handled within the precinct? Like after these situations, like nobody is like looking at anybody crazy. I mean, you shot somebody 10, 20, 30 times. I mean, nobody is saying nothing to nobody. Like, I'm just wondering in my head. Like, oh, yeah. Well, you know, it's it's talk around. But what happens is it's funny. When cops are in shootings, they're regu- regulated as heroes. Mm-hmm. So nobody really touches it. Mm-hmm. I had a meeting with Police Commissioner Kelly one time right after the Sean Bell shooting. He called me and four other prominent black police officers in a, in a, in a meeting, and he pretty much told us, Y'all giving these guys awards for every shooting. I go to these. I go to these mm. meetings. I go to these meetings. Y'all giving them awards. I got to sit there because I'm the commissioner. Y'all invite me, but every shooting is not justified. And that resonated with me. I was like, "Wow, he's right. It's not him." Oscar Grant. You saw, you saw the tape. Oscar Grant. What happened with that man? Which one was that? The one San in Oakland, San Francisco. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When the kid uh, was already, he was already cuffed. Yeah, he was oh, already yeah. cuffed. Yeah, that was crazy. You know, I I just had a um, conversation about somebody with somebody about that, but that was an overzealous cop. Now, one thing you know, like in his crew, you know who the high head is, right? Mm-hmm. You know who the high head you know is. Who the high is? What up, Pete? No, you know that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What Pete? up, Pete? <laughs> so it's just like the cop. Remember, cops are not Superman. They're regular, they're regular people. So when you talk about like the, the Abner Lewima case, mm-hmm. Justin Volpe, the cop that got locked up, mm-hmm. everybody knew he was a hothead. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew. When they went through his locker, they found dental dental floss, you know, the metal picks mm-hmm. that had meat. He would take the dental, the sticks. This is confidential information. I ain't a cop no more. I don't care. He was taking like the dental sticks and like, poking people in the ears they found this dude was a nut he was a fucking nut he was a nutcase but nobody reined him in Mm -hmm. leadership Mm -hmm. so and then one day here he comes in with Lewin why would you take a guy that comes in the precinct with a a guy and then you take him to the bathroom to do shit leaders go like this no Dallas no 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 you're not taking him in there yo fall back combat go search the guy strip search him yeah you're not going to do it. I'm right. not letting you go in there with him. <laughs> is you crazy? <laughs> Everything is leadership. Right. Because, I mean, that's the thing. When you're in the house, you kind of know that guy that's in the house you, with you. Come y'all, on. y'all working together. You y'all know. living together. But he comes in robbed up. Like he's on, remember, he was on steroids. Mm-hmm. He was a nutcase. Mm-hmm. How, you, how does the lieutenant let this guy go into the bathroom and strip search him? Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm a new Diallo. What happened with that, man? I'm a new Diallo. Yeah. Same thing. Here we got these cops on patrol, you know, and they were street crime. They looking for guns, violence. That's mm-hmm. what they do. And that's what they, they, that's what they was, they thought he reached for a gun. You know, in defense of them again, they thought he was, but nobody actually see. See, what happens with cops, they want to be cowboys. Instead of getting behind cover, assessing the situation, 
They want to stand up in the middle of the street. Now, when you stand in the middle of the street, now Diallo's going in his back pocket. Think about this. He's going in his back pocket. You're standing at the doorway. When he turns, you don't know what he's turning with. Right. So if you're not behind no cover, you're letting rounds go down range. And I'm not defending the cops. I'm just giving you the scenario. So it's in layman's terms. So then, where, if, but it, where do we? How do we stop? Because that, that's not that. happening. That's, that's how not do we stop to white it? people? It, 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 it's it, not. Is it's that, not. Is that is that training Never. then? Why is it not happening to white people? It's not happening to white people. One because they're treating the policing in our communities and other communities is different. I'm telling you straight up and down. I know it because I've seen it. I work in all neighborhoods. Astoria, Queen. So you got the Queensbridge side. Then you got. The affluent side by like Rikers Island. Mm-hmm. It's different. No cops over there. Ooh, that, that's that's sweet over there. Right. We don't have the cops over there. So it's different. <laughs> but over there, Queensbridge, Ravenswood, Woodside, Astoria Projects is aggressive, aggressive, aggressive. Mm-hmm. Over there, it's like, ah, oh, all right, just keep it moving. Uh, it's uh, different policing. Right. But how do you how do you how do we rectify that? How you rectify it? Everything is leadership. You got to make sure that the leaders is giving clear and concise messages. You're not going to come. I would go to roll calls and say, look, you're not going to come to this community and disrespect the people. Mm. If you got somebody you need to arrest, let's arrest them. But you're going to have to give me an articulable reason. I would walk by the desk and a cop come over. Somebody say, what you got? The sergeant. I'm the boss. Like, what you, what you got? Give it to me. Oh, we're going to lock this guy up. Petty larceny. What did he steal? I remember one time. What did he steal? Toothpaste. Toothpaste? You gonna lock him up from right day for right day? He stole toothpaste. Are you fucking kidding Some me? Some Rembrandt. Give him a summons. Get him out of here. And that's not happening right now. No, that's not happening. Most you gotta understand when you take a position like I took, you're an outcast. Right. So if you went to everybody shaking your hand, being happy go lucky, invite you to their bar mitzvahs and all of this, <laughs> you know it's different. Right. I don't want to do none of that. I just want to come do my eight and straight. I'm out. You know, but y'all gonna. I know that you gave me a hundred while I was there, mm-hmm. so it's different. Mm. Yeah. Now, uh, life. When you talk about leadership, I, I want to ask you about uh, Eric Adams, the Brooklyn Borough President. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a distinguished officer mm-hmm. uh, during the time he served. Uh, do you think he has he has some of the right ideas for for working a a, a a police force. I mean, they got this officer that was in Brooklyn all through it, all through the eighties, getting people locked up, getting people mm-hmm. years yeah. on their bids, mm-hmm. and now they started to vacate some of this guy's football numbers. Mm. Crazy. Yeah. What was, think, his, what was his name? Scarp. What's his name? Scarpella. Mm-hmm. Scarpella. Yeah. Football numbers. Well, you know, Eric Adams is a very good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Actually, one of you know very close friends. You know, I was with a hundred blacks in law enforcement mm-hmm. for years. So he had some very very good ideas, and he holds people feet to the fire. So he has a twelve year plan to be the mayor. He's probably about eight years in it. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see the battle between him and Tish James after De Blasio to see who's going to get that <laughs> next seat. Mm-hmm. But he's stead forward fast, and he holds these people feet to the fire. He's very knowledgeable. He knows his stuff. Mm-hmm. Last thing, man. What what do we do? Like the the common, like and and, and I don't mean to exclude anybody, but right. what do we do as citizens when approached by cops? What the fuck do we do? So let me give you. You know, I did a radio show up in Westchester last night or the night before. So I'm gonna give you my scenario. Me, Inspector Pegues, retired, getting pulled over in a car. This is me. I get pulled over. Both hands go on the steering wheel. I reach up, turn my dome light on. Drop all my windows while I'm driving before I pull over. I want those cops to be as comfortable as they possibly can because in defense of cops, 
they're doing it because your taillight is off. But you might have just got rid of the robber. You might have just murdered five people. So the cops don't even know what they're walking up to. So you want them to be as comfortable as possible. That's the car stop situation. For women, I like I tell women in my family, when you're getting pulled over, if it's a desolate area and it's an unmarked car, I want you to get on the phone, call 911 and say, I'm being followed by this car, this Chevy Caprice. They got their lights on. And I tell them that I'm going to the nearest gas station. Don't stop in no dark areas because you hear about stories of situations Cops people getting raped, raped, raped and stuff like that. Um, and on the street, when you're having street encounters, I'm asking people to just defer to the cop. You're never going to win. Biggest gang in New York, a lot of machismo. You don't want to use catchphrases like, why you pulling me over? I pay your salary. What you want? I pay your salary. Don't inflame them because they're always going to be able to find something like disorderly conduct. Mm. Or some BS. Just because we always could deal with it later. Later we could deal with a civilian complaint, get a lawyer, you know, me. You know, you not, might come no, up. You might just, you might come up on a check. Right. So don't at least engage. be alive. Don't engage. <laughs> a lot the cops, they're hunters. Mm. That's what they're doing. But when you kill them with kindness, they don't have no other they have no other recourse but to be like Damn, this this is a good guy right here. And in this age right now with the smartphones, with everybody wanting to take pictures, what mm-hmm. what do you advise people? Like if they see something and they just want to document it, what, what do you say to them? I say keep the cameras going. Yeah, mm-hmm. You have to document it. Mm-hmm. Document everything. Mm-hmm. Every single thing. But the biggest thing you got to document if you don't have a phone is get a license plate number, get a shield number, get a color of the car. People are not focused. They're so busy arguing and fighting with the cops. They're not looking at what car he's in, what's the license plate number, because all that stuff is recorded. We know where every single cop is right now in the city of New York based on their car. Mm. So you got to get that license plate number. Forget everybody looking at the shield. The cops don't put the shields out. Right. I had an incident, man, a couple of years ago, man. I was by the uh, Brooklyn Museum, and... Uh, I was driving my car, and one of my closest friends, his Jewish cat, was riding in the passenger seat, mm-hmm. and he didn't have his seatbelt on. So a cop came by, and he was like, yo, he told him to put the seatbelt on. This kid is privileged. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm saying he's got money. He comes right. from money. He's like, what the fuck are you telling me? Blah, blah. And he's, he's going off on the cop, mm-hmm. screaming on the cop. I pay your salary, all this and that. And I'm looking at him screaming at the cop, and the cop is like, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, sir, but just keep your seatbelt on. I had never seen nothing like that. <laughs> and then after the cop walked away, I told my boys, like, don't you ever fucking do that right. in my car ever again. Right. Like, what, what, like, why does it seem like some cats of a lighter persuasion get away with that? Well, what was the cop's persuasion? Persuasion. He's a white cop. Yeah, well, you know, it's just the cultural thing. They're always going to look out for them. Like I told you about me throwing up dudes in Queensbridge right, right. pat them down like yo what you got you ain't got nothing I, I, you got your little stinker money slack them on the ass keep it moving it is what it is everything is fair in war you just gotta be prepared for the war Yeah, you gotta understand and know when you're dealing as a minority you're a young black man you're dealing with cops these cops are really thinking you're a threat Inclu- so, including the black ones. Including the black ones. Some I'm of, telling you, I'm here to tell you. Some of them are worse, though. A lot of them are the worst. Why you, they, why we they, just saw on national TV that the black cop kicked the dude in the head. Kicked the dude in the head. Why the, why the black cops so mad, man? They're not mad. They just want to fit in. Right. And see, I never, I never, it's like putting a square, you know, into a circle. It ain't going to fit. Mm-hmm. See, I never fit. 
But I knew I had to, you know, I had to get that house and white picket fence. <laughs> so I made it through, and I knew I had to be the boss. Right, right. I knew being a boss from the streets. But I this, gotta be on top. This this work that you're doing right now, explain to my audience what you're doing with with your work. Yeah, right well, now. I'm a co-founder of this organization called Law Enforcement Alliance. So what we do is go around trying to bridge the gap between community and police. So we're doing a, you know, plethora of things. What to do when stopped by the police. We just did some at Allen Church with Reverend Floyd Flake last week. Uh, we speak out on any injustices. And it's not just about minorities. We're speaking out. We just gave a reward. I think it was like $500 for this female white that got raped in Valley Stream Park a few months ago. So we're about what's doing what's right for all communities. You know, the problem is we're all black, so people think we just do for black communities. But anybody can reach out to Law Enforcement Alliance, and we're there to help. I watched some of the tapes that you, that, that some of the places that you're speaking out, and I really appreciate what you're doing. But it seems you're getting a lot of hate too, man. Oh, that's but I always been getting hate. Right. But it only make you strong. I just read the other day somebody said I got kicked out of the police department for sexual harassment. I stabbed somebody. You hear all this crazy? <laughs> and, and, and I who, got thug life and, on my and, neck. And who did you stab, I, sir? I don't know who I stabbed. <laughs> it's crazy. But you know what? All that stuff just make you stronger. Right. And I don't even. You, if you notice, you read all that stuff. You don't see no comments from me. Right. I don't even feed into that stuff. Let me see. Let me see. I the learned other side of your neck, they man. With thug life, because yeah. I saw that man. It was like, yeah, yeah they, they say I got thug life from my <laughs> neck. But I learned a long time ago. They talked about Jesus Christ. Mm. So if they talked about him, they put me in that company. I'm good money. They're right. gonna talk about anybody. I tell yeah. you. I tell you. I want to leave you on this note. For me, at least. Not to be redundant, but unfortunately, it's 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 becoming a reality. You know, recently we just had Michael Brown, 18 years old, you know, shot 10 times, unarmed. You know, how does people, you know, you know, the riots going on, and I mean, how do you wrap your your head around that? I mean, what could you tell the people that we ain't got no answer? What exactly happened? Well, I'm gonna tell you about the people. And what I know, and what people need to know, this audience is your vote counts. And I could remember being a cop in Queensbridge, which is the biggest project or housing development in the entire country. David Dinkins running for mayor and 200 people voted and they got 46,000 people living there. If you don't vote, see, when you vote, you get changed because you act. I know a Hasidic guy who told me when he vote, he's a rabbi and. As a matter of fact, I could blow it up. Tish James, she's the public advocate right now. I had a conversation with her, and she was running in Crown Heights as a councilwoman. She told me she spoke to the rabbi, and the rabbi said, can you do this, 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 this? She said, no, I might be able to do this. I'll work on that. that, that. He said, okay, I'll give you 10,000 votes. Because mm-hmm. when the rabbi speak, they listen. Right. But we can't. We have preachers and pastors. Everybody got their own agendas. Nobody, we can't come together. So in these different communities, the Asian communities, Hasidic community, they, they got one person. When they say, look, we're voting Combat Jack, they're voting Combat Jack. You don't have to knock on 10,000 doors. You knock on one, you make it happen. So the vote counts. And Obama showed that the vote count. If you bring people out, things can happen. You got to vote. If you're not voting people in place, I know commanding officers got relieved of their duties because the community was like, yo, we don't want that guy no more. Mm-hmm. The city community, we don't want, Dallas got to go. Police commission say Dallas, I'm sorry, they got to go. Right, right. That's, that's why I left the Combat Jack show. <laughs> they, voted, they, they voted you out? The Hasidic, the Hasidic community don't <laughs> fuck with me no more. Yo, it's the real. Yo, stop. Could y'all, could y'all co-sign me? Yo, it's the real? Yo, stop. Fucking I, twins, co-sign yeah. me. Yo, you're Corey Pagese, man. You've been a great yeah. guest. What's next for you? You were talking about your book, man. Next 
We was trying to get this book done. Got my lawyer in the building, Eddie Woods. Eddie Woods is in the building. Eddie Woods is in the building. Give me a dirty look right now. Looking fresh than a motherfucker. We trying to get that book from the streets, from the streets to the beat. And uh, he got a whole lot of other crazy ideas. We just trying to get it out there and try to be role models for the kids. You where know, where if can I people find it. you? If uh, you know, are you, you on, on social media, man? Yeah, Twitter, C Pagese nine zero nine eight. Facebook, Corey Pagese. What's these other things, man? Instagram, Instagram, C Pagese. I'm, I'm everywhere. And it's and it's P E G U E S, right? P E G U E S. Well, yeah. yo, man, thank you for stopping by, man. And, and and like I tell all my guests, man, you're always invited to come back. When you get this book, you definitely got to come back, man. We got to help you sell these units. And then thank you very much, man. Yo, Dallas Penn. Comment Appreciate Jack. y'all having me. Appreciate yo, it. It's good to see you, man. Man, good to be seen, man. Good to be seen. Good to meet you. Officer Pagis. I mean, you'll, you'll always be. See, I'm I, sorry. He demoted me seven ranks. I was, you see I was what just I'm saying, combat nah, Jackson. Nah, nah, nah. I, I was just going to ask you. All we got is you, us, What Dallas. rank you retired at? I was just going to ask you what rank you retired at because you're right. Whatever rank you retired at, that's your rank for life. It's all good. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to tell you, it, it's so important to know, off, you know, uh, what, uh, what, what is your rank? Deputy Inspector. Deputy, Deputy Inspector. Damn. Yeah. And what does Damn. that what, what does that mean? What does that shield look like? That shield's got stars coming out of it. That, mm. I, I don't know what that Chinese means. What, what does that mean? <laughs> well, it's about five or six ranks higher than a cop. Okay. So it was an exec, executive in the NYPD. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, 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 when I met Corey, like I said, I was telling you off air, I met him a couple of days before my wife launched her um, bake shop mm-hmm. um, because I met him at... Um, at the Krabby Shack, Ed Woods' wife just opened, and I mentioned that on my show last week, Ed. So, mm-hmm. so don't 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 don't, don't front. And I, I, my wife was like, "I want an officer at my at my opening." And I spoke to Corey, and then two days later, we had an officer, and it was just amazing. Posted having that <laughs> that access, so it really shows like who you know is important, mm-hmm. and and how you know them is important. Mm-hmm. So you know, internet's like I keep saying, man, all we got is us. Yeah. Dallas, what you got to say, man, before we sign off? Uh, I mean, again, uh, IG, get the low. Yeah. I mean, but most importantly, you know, uh, IG, Combat Jack Show. You know, Twitter, Combat Jack Show. Twitter, Dallas underscore Penn. IG, Reggie Osei. IG, Premium Pete. Um, That's all you got to say is our, is our, is our social. I, I'm listen, talking about you, man. What you got to say, What do man? I have to say? I haven't I'm, seen I'm, you in months, B. I'm just happy, I'm just happy to be here. I'm always happy. Uh, when you open this door, yeah. Combat Jack, and let me sit in here and let me uh, uh, just be part of the the wonderful magic. Well, it's good to see you, man. Of this hip hop podcast, of this hip hop culture, it's good to see podcast. you. Your, your premium Pete. Yo, it's good to have him back. You know, yo, uh, I wish the Krabby Shack would open up, not on color people time. I try to go to Krabby Shack. No, no, we're not open until five o'clock, and then we closing at seven p.m. No, stop that. Don't, 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 don't say that, Dallas. Don't <laughs> nah, say that. Krabby Shack. I gotta Krabby, visit Krabby Shack. Krabby Shack. Krabby Shack is yo, yo, I had, I had, visit dinner, that. had dinner there this Sunday. I love Krabby Shack. I'm just trying to get inside there. Yo, yo I had dinner there Saturday. The shit is crazy. Man. Yeah. Krabby Shack is crazy, and then also BK Franklin Avenue. Yeah, yeah, Franklin Avenue between Bergen and um. Y'all give me a mic. I feel like no, we're not gonna give you a mic, man. We're wrapping it up right now. We're wrapping up. First, Ed Woods in the building. Where's, where's the Krabby Shack? Where's, where's the Krabby Shack, Ed Woods? Where's the Krabby Shack? Yo, this is wild. It's on Bergen between. It's on. It's on. Between Dean and Bergen. 
Franklin between Dean and Bergen. Krabby Shack, Internet's visit that. I tell yep. you, they clean too. They clean up in there. Yo, yo, give Edwards the mic, man, because I, I don't want him. To, I don't want to be. Before mad. I give Edwards the mic, I want to say, listen, thank you, Corey. Thank you, Life. Yes. Thank you for coming to shed light. Yo, they're gonna love this. Thank episode. you for inspiring us, and thank you for teaching the internets, man. Thank you. I thank you, good brother. It. No problem. Edwards in the motherfucking building. Hold on, hold on, hold on, uh, Edwards. Ah, uh, here shit. we go. We got we got two minutes, man. I got two minutes. You got like, two I minutes. Can't talk like, can I see your seat real quick? No, Ed. No, okay, no. Okay, yeah. Let me sit down, man. You guys, my man in here. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Ed Woods? Yo, you know how we do, man. I'm I'm, I'm surprised. I gotta come all the way and find you with my client. I've been reaching out for Reggie. This combat Jack all day has not returned my call. You reached out to me? Absolutely. I didn't see you reach out to me. Yo, this is the problem. This is the problem where I am. And I want to say this. Yo, First why do you all, have a mysterious phone, B? It's, it's, it's blocked. Why do you have a mysterious phone? I don't answer my phone. I owe it's bills. It's blocked for a reason. I owe bills. It's blocked for a reason because okay. I don't want you to have my number to call me back. <laughs> but the reality of it is this. You know, Corey's going about to do big things. We've taken it from there to cinema and Brandon across the board I because he has a message that needs to be told. And those that try to challenge what he's saying, the only thing I say is, and I call it, turn the camera on yourself. So a lot of times when you speak and you're speaking and you're getting questions thrown at you, whether it's a press conference or not, just ask yourself if you're going to ask the tough questions that he's prepared to answer, then what I want you to do is be prepared to go on the other side in front of the camera and ask the question. So when your child or somebody there is watching you, they can see the type of questions you're asking because when he sits home with his family, he has to explain the position he's taking. So if you're going to take a tough and a hard position, against them then you have to actually make sure that your family can look back and see the way what you're what you're delivering so they can be able to judge and say whether you were right or wrong mm -hmm. and i think that's important and back to the crabby shack i want to be clear that that's on franklin between dean and bergen what are the hours of crabby shack crabby shack right now is from 3 to uh 10 p.m on the weekdays and we 1 to 10 on saturdays and sundays okay you know what, what I mean? 1 to 10 that well, early on Saturday? Yo, Dallas okay. Penn. Yo, this, okay, Penn, the, but this, the, the this is real meat. The shrimp this is, is real fish. And we, when, we, when we sell out, we go, they go on fishing. So you, this, is not, <laughs> this is not crab meat out of a can. And, and, and yo, and think about it. This is crabs in the middle of Brooklyn. Mm, and it's crazy. a ship. It looks like it landed in Brooklyn. And that shit tastes you, good. This shit is delicious. Man. The sliders is crazy. And it, and it just, I haven't it, had the sliders it, yet, man. Yo, what? yeah, yeah. But then but I'm, just, I'm, off, I'm off the carbs right now. So, so I've just been having the shrimp. Oh, the sliders. And, you, and we respect, crazy. and I want to give a shout out to all the people who came to the table with Kickstarter and supported my wife, Fifi, and Chanel. It's three women that came together to make this happen. And now we're taking this and we're going to go global with it. And then at the end of the day, everybody around the world is going to get a piece of this at some point. But this is the flagship and this is the beginning. But also we support other businesses as well. So when Combat Jack and his beautiful wife came to the table and they launched their cupcakes, we actually premiered their special yes, cupcakes yes, they did. In, in, in Krabby Shack. Your, so your wife is selling her cupcakes? Yes, yeah, she is. B-Cake NY on Bergen Street between Washington and Underhill. And, and I'm real proud of them. And, and it's funny that, 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 that our wives launched their businesses a couple of days apart from each other, man. That's beautiful. But the big thing about it, because this is about my man right here, he, he, you know, he has a big heart. I've known him since baseball. We played baseball together. And, you know what I'm saying, he, 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 believe, he stands on the side of rightness. Mm. So at the end of the day, whether you, if you're on the right side, that's where he's going to stand with you. 
And I, you know, I hope people embrace him that way. And oh, they're gonna love this. They're, they're gonna love this. Nah, they need to. They need to understand because he, he has a perspective no, no, and no, seeing no. it from both sides. Corey, they're gonna love this episode, man. Listen, internet, you know what this is, man. Thank you, Ed Woods. Thank you. Corey Pagan. And, and no more reaching out to the clients without calling me, Combat Jack. If Yo, I have to, I'm, not, I'm not doing no deal. Yeah, the, the yeah, Corey's yeah. my man. Yeah, you, you Corey's man. my man. We Corey came through. I was like, what you drinking, Corey? Corey's my man. Yeah, Corey's you, good. But you Corey, we good, right? We good money. Can, Corey, I gotta you go through that. Yo, yo, you, Corey, I, do I gotta go through Ed? It's like you took the connect, Corey. Corey, Corey yeah, that's you for know, the record, for the, the record. Streets, you do I gotta take, go through Ed? Hold on, only up. for the deals, only, only for, for the deals. deals. <laughs> this ain't no deal. This is a combat jack hey, show. Come on, baby, yo. Yo, yo, you know you don't go to nobody's connect <laughs> and just start hanging out. After. That's ridiculous. Yo, uh, internets, man. You know what it is, man. Dream those dreams and man up and live those dreams because a life without dreams is black and white, and the universe flows in technicolor and surround sound. Peace. F your Peace. radio. Numenati! This episode of the Combat Jack Show was produced by Jonathan Menner, executive produced by A. King and Chris Morrow, engineered by Samir Karan, and recorded in the Engine Room Audio Studio in downtown Manhattan. This is an official Loudspeakers Networks production.